Warning, what you're about to hear was intended to make you laugh a lot. If you listen to the show and feel inspired, then that's awesome. But if you're easily offended and just can't take a joke, you should turn this off right now. Otherwise, turn this shit up and hang on. Welcome to the Get Up. Rusty getting down over there. Oh yeah, you you you, you found some groovy stuff for your intro. Like I, I appreciate the theatrics. The like, oh, if that doesn't get you up, I don't know what does. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. This is uh, JP, your host, the Get Up, and today with me is Rusty LeBlanc. And uh, Rusty is uh, someone that I knew in a former professional capacity and has gone through like a total life transformation and i wanted to see you know rusty if you wanted to talk about that and you said sure so go ahead introduce yourself yeah well pleasure being here jason thank you so much for having me on your podcast the get up podcast so yeah everyone out there my name is rusty leblaw uh aka oh sorry i said that wrong (laughs) oh no it's okay well, who cares about French accents anyways? Like we're we're not we're not on the Canadian side here. We're 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 on the Michigan side of things. So, yeah, my, my name's Rusty, uh, aka Rusty Yoga. If you've seen any of my social media profiles and whatnot. So, yeah, Rusty Yoga is basically just a combination of Rusteo, a childhood nickname plus yoga. Like it was so easy to add GA on when I finally saw that. Of like, yeah, boom, there we go. That, that's what we'll run with for the personal moniker for now. There you go. Hey, it, w- it works, right? It's a. Uh... It's pretty catchy, especially because your name's Rusty, so... Yeah, no, it's especially fun, too, because now there's a couple people who actually just call me by that. Like, one of my favorite yoga instructors, his name's Brandon. He used to go by the Yoga Bro on Instagram, so everyone would just be like, oh, the Yoga Bro, like, what's up, (laughs) Yoga Bro? And uh, so, yeah, I I don't know if that's why he does it, but I think now it's just, like, because my name's Rusty, or, yeah, because I put Rusty. Yoga, he's always like, Oh, Rusty Yoga. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm not gonna deny it. Like, hearing Rusty Yoga sounds a lot better than hearing Russell or Randy. Yeah, Randy is uh, <laughs> Randy. Yeah, Randy is like the name that people will commonly get with Rusty, which I shouldn't be upset at, but for some reason I am. So, are you a legit just Rusty or are you Russell or? It's a legitimate R U S S E L L Russell. So, gotcha. like, it's okay. not like I'm anti Russell. For Halloween, I was uh, South Park's version of Russell Crowe because making <laughs> movies, making songs, and fighting around the world. <laughs> Oi, Dugga! I'll tell you what, this, this, this. This Rusty is so totally different than who I knew originally, right? Like when I had first met you, you were way more reserved and and now it's like you found uh, more of a voice it seems like. I mean just in our interactions weren't like, you know, consistently we were running into each other all the time, but you were you felt a lot more reserved and now you just you feel freer. 
Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it. And uh, that's really been a lot of the mental side of the transformation on this uh, life journey and yoga journey specifically. I think it's just have, being able to find more confidence and like just, yeah, being able to be myself and just express like who I am, whatever I'm feeling more of the time. Like that's been a major part of it. And I think that... I feel like I first probably felt that in t February of 2018. So that was still at the near end of when we were all together at like I had just went on that big Australia, New Zealand trip. And yeah, I was talking about it with a couple other people. Like when I went overseas, I really just like let everything that I kind of would like bottle up or maybe have to like just put on uh, and like set aside while at work or something. And over there, it was just like, I didn't, don't, I literally know zero people in Australia and like two in New Zealand. There's nothing to hide. So the entire time I was just like more open and uh, being able to be immersed in like that experience for three weeks, I think kind of set like that mental journey of like, I really need to do more things that are like central to me and what I embody and what I care about more than anyone else. So like, not that it was a perfect journey. Well, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of twists and turns on this adventure, I guess, right. uh, being that I sit before you 130 pounds lighter than I yeah, was that two was crazy. years ago. That's, uh, but... that's super inspiring to me. Cause you know, I'm, I weighed myself this morning. I was at 306, which is actually down some. So I was happy about that. But, and it's tough. It's tough to do that. Like, I lost like 30 pounds over the period of like six months. And I've slowly started creeping back up a little bit. I kind of bounce in like a 10 pound range. Uh, but it's tough. It's tough to like stay committed and, and get it down. And so, like, being able to see that you like the physical transformation you went through too was crazy. I was like, damn. Damn, Rusty, man, that's awesome. And just, you know, like, how, so, so th this trip is what you, you feel like kind of just kicked off all this stuff. Like, it, it was, it was that much that you were able to just let go. And because you were in a land of, of not knowing anyone and knowing, no one knowing you, so you could kind of just be with you without all the, the walls up and stuff. Or, I'll, Honestly, like that trip may have been the first part where I was isolated enough away from work, away from enough of the other attachments and life distractions that we all just get caught up in uh, being around here. Like, I think being that isolated is just maybe where I had all that time to myself to like think, especially driving cross country in New Zealand where you're just driving hours at a time going by breathtaking like waterfalls God, man, or mountains. I, I just went and, to Vegas and it was like breathtaking mm -hmm. some of the, we went out to the desert and stuff and went and did some sightseeing out there, like the Hoover Dam and stuff. And that was breathtaking. I can only imagine like that was your whole drive. It's gotta be awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's just that way. Anytime we're in a new territory, like probably. It, yeah. Cause even the Midwest, like it's not the most exciting place geographically or topically speaking. Right. But there, but I just went to the upper peninsula the first time this past oh, July. Oh, really? And, and what'd you think? Oh, it was amazing. Like, I, I used to just, like, laugh and mock people of, like, yeah, I had friends go to Michigan Tech. I'm like, why would you want to, like, go drive 10 hours to go to school right. when, like, 10 hours can get you to New York? What was the farthest you'd, you'd gone north of Michigan before that? 
Uh, before that, it was only like a year ago I had been up a uh, little past Gaylord to Vanderbilt. So that was as far north as I had gotten really? otherwise. Yeah, wonder, so it was the it, first time seeing the Mackinac Bridge and everything. Have you lived in Michigan your whole life? Uh, with the exception of five years in Chicago for school oh, and work. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. But you, you, you grew up here. Yeah. That's crazy. That's Really, I feel like I wonder how many more people that that have that story, right? That that they've grew up in Michigan and never been to the UP. I think there's so many more than you think, because I I just know like there's so many people I grew up with in Monroe County who still like haven't been to Detroit or have maybe only been for a Tigers game True. or a Wings game or Lions game for some odd reason. And like with all of that, it's just like I I think I guess it's more of a sign of all of us of like there's so much to do within our own neighborhoods that we right. don't even know about like sometimes you just have to like set all of yeah set aside technology set aside your like normal routines and just do right. something different for a day yes yeah, so i i went to the up when i was little well not little i was a uh, probably a teenager like maybe 12 ish uh, my family used to go camping every summer, but we would go to like Lakeport and Port Huron, or we always went to Higgins Lake. Uh, and then this one year, they're like, we're going on like a two week camping trip. We're going to hit one week at this one lake. Uh, I think it was, that was Black Lake. And then we went up into the UP and we stayed at another lake for another week. And we went and sight saw up there, you know. So like we went to this is this crazy spring where you can see. It's like so many hundred feet down, and you can see the sand on the bottom swirling. And they're like, to get down there, you'd have to wear scuba gear. It's so deep, but it's like crystal clear. It's crazy, but it's it's beautiful up there, and so good experience obviously yeah like truthfully be, being that it was my first time i tried to pack too much in like i was only up there for five days around like i think i went the i left in detroit on the third and came back in the 8th of july so around that weekend and of course because i went that weekend it was super busy so i learned a few interesting things like hey if you're going to use state parks maybe book those in advance especially on busy weekends yeah they don't tell you this type of stuff when you just, I guess, decide on your own to go to the Upper Peninsula and uh, don't think to research that versus, like, I want to go here. I want to go here. Like, I have a state park pass. It'll be all fine. No. But, no, no. (laughs) They they can get booked up, yeah. Yeah, so I had a few issues where, like, um, the very first day I had this super awesome idea where I'm like, I'm going to get to the straight state park, like, set up my campground, take my kayak, like, around the bridge or to the island and back, and it'll be so cool. And I'll be able to, like, sleep, watch the sunrise (laughs) in the morning over the straits. Beautiful. Is it funny how we, we, like, romanticize our plans, what we're going to do? Yep, and uh, sure enough, when I got... Up there, like at 4 p.m. that day, there were open campsites, uh, plenty of spots to go. So I find a spot right on the water, set up my tent, like relax for a couple hours while setting up my kayak. And I actually get my kayak, like paddle to Mackinac Island and really? back, which, uh, yeah, I didn't expect to cross the lake. Yep, across how, the street. How long did it take you to the kayak? It took about an hour 40 each way, give or take. God, so see, I don't know if I could do that. I think it's like maybe two hours. Oh, it was definitely a lot in the shoulders. But How, like, how rough was the water? It was super calm. And oh, I think that's okay. why I did it, was because... The conditions were ideal. Because, man, yeah, I've been over... There, there may have been a mile an hour of wind, F that, and just by... 
like yeah with how calm it was and no real current to fight it was just like yeah i'm just gonna start paddling and see how it goes really? and just yeah i knew i had enough time where like i'd be getting the sun down or like the sunset on the way back so i got there uh took a few pictures like walked around the island for a little bit and then, what, a, what a sweet little adventure uh, yeah no it was a super cool way to start the trip and then of course when i get back and you can imagine uh like i'm talking about kayak for three and a half total hours so it's not exhausting on the shoulders because especially with yoga you kind of learn just to uh ease into the groove and like i'm sure you're more flexible and stuff too though because you're you've been constantly Uh, oh yeah stretching your muscles yeah they'd be more flexible uh being able to sit still with my legs long in a kayak being able to sit properly with good posture in that kayak like it all made it more possible but by the end like i get back at 10 30 at night so a little later than expected and i'm just relieved of like oh thank goodness but i remember like right when i got up to the beach it's like uh, I, I remember those campsites. I don't see my tent, and sure enough, like, this uh, camper's just uh, blocking in my car. The tent is, like, gone because apparently, or, yeah. No. The people who got there just, like, took my tent down and threw it in my car and then uh, basically just told me, like, yeah, we were getting ready to have your car towed, but uh, you got to get out of here. And I'm like, Was it, like, like, where you had to reserve a spot, or was it, uh, yeah, like, open camping? I think it was, well, it ended up being where you had to, have had a spot reserved or it was just like those spots were all reserved it was and it was it, no yeah. on my end i just wish that maybe there was like a single person or a sign when driving in that said like hey stop here or like hey this is what's up for the night like this wow. is where you have to sign up or just like hey you better not plan on staying here that's crazy because like parks down here at least uh, like if I go to like Higgins, uh, Higgins Lake State Park, yeah, you have to go through a checkpoint to get into the campgrounds. You can go to the boat launch and stuff in the store without going into the campgrounds, but you got to have a pass and stuff. Like they're actually pretty strict with it there. But yeah, so I, mean, I must have just missed crazy. the initial uh, checkpoint at that spot, but uh, like. Well, whatever. So instead right. of that perfect plan where I'm basically getting back to eat a sandwich and pass out for the night, instead now, now, you're now I'm somewhere to be. Yeah, I'm folding up my kayak and grabbing my stuff, and yeah, I just started driving up to. Uh, I just drove to Taquenman Falls straight that night, and then really? get to Taquenman like twelve thirty at night on an empty tank of gas. And you know how the Upper Peninsula is is just like because it's so small and remote. Now, like, or like, you you can't really drive at night unless you have gotten gas and prepared because like <laughs> you don't know you're, where you're gonna see it. Yeah, unless you're full, like, yeah. th- there's a good chance when you finally find it, it's closed. Like, it, it's, it's funny you say that. I was I was just bowling last night with my brother, and he's, you know, we went out to Vegas last weekend. He drove out to California and back a couple times, and we were talking about that. And he's like, people don't know, man, when you're driving through the desert, like. It doesn't matter if you got a half tank, fill up every gas station you see. If you need gas, fill up because you don't know the next time you're going to see one. Yeah, no, you you very easily take gas for granted in like suburban life, like we have around Metro Detroit or right. in any for like, sure. heavily, for more sure. heavily populated. We're area. used to gas station, like every mile mm-hmm. to, you know, two miles, there's a gas station, you know, in any direction. I can find a gas station quick. Yep. 
Yeah, and in the rare event that you uh, bypass that luck anyways and do somehow run out, because right. of the abundance, AAA can usually be there yeah. fairly quick to bail you out. But, uh, so your overall experience up there though yeah was... so i saw a lot like uh, so i'll just try to run through as quick as i can the next two days was basically taquinaman falls and all munising area so like a total of five waterfalls watching fireworks wow. over the that's cool munising bay sleeping on uh, the beach on top of doing like the pictured rocks kayaking and stuff Damn, you went to pictured rocks and everything too huh? yeah no i tried to fit a lot in on this trip just because do you feel I... like it was do, the, do you feel ever feel like that kind of trip where you're playing you're trying to cram so much did it feel almost like uh like anxiety inducing kind of like uh like man man i gotta go i gotta get to this part get to that part yeah no that's exactly right because i tried to go to too many places i didn't feel as much of like that yin kind of just relaxing and chilling out at a few spots or really like exploring and being like intimately integrated with a place uh, so yeah that's to say like if i were to do it again or the next time i do it i would love to just get to a place and like stay there all weekend or if i'm going like for a week or two be able to just do three or four destinations and stay there a couple days at a time right like the porcupine mountains like oh, rather than just a couple day or yeah just a couple hours of hiking and drumming on the like cliffs and seeing all of that like being <laughs> able to, like, hey <laughs> no yeah being able to camp and being <sighs> able to uh, Sorry, everyone that I just yelled. My studio dog is deciding that she feels it's time to bark for some reason. Yeah. No, come here. Oh, in, in defense, there are, are mics for your dog to join in on the <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Yeah, your dog's oh, probably like, this guy will just won't stop rambling. Oh, she'll make like, noise. We're on a scenic detour right now in the Upper Peninsula. So, and, yeah, I try to, like, when, when I do that, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm big on taking some time for you. Like, I used to not be as much... But now I've really been like, you know what? I'm just going to take that time for me. Or, uh, you know, like I, I started hunting again and we uh, we got a house up north over the summer and it had a, a little lake. It was on its own like private lake up up north, like uh, towards the, the fingers. And uh, it was cool, man. I could just take my kayak out and I would just go fishing. And like I would literally just disappear all day on the lake, just fish. And just what was just putting me at ease and not caring about everything else. Like I cooked dinner one night and we went and rafted down uh, the Osaba River. But like for the most part, man, I just chilled and just was able to relax. Like my son was able to go run around and do stuff and we did things together. But then we were also able to be apart. And it was really cool just to de decompress and just relax on myself. And I, mean, I probably fell asleep out on the kayak. But I was able to just do something that I wanted to do and not have to worry about any of the oh man we gotta worry about this worry about that holy crap you know yeah exactly and i think that's the ideal of a vacation wherever we no. go and uh it's just uh, yeah just be able to like relax and instead of planning and overthinking your trip uh, just try to enjoy it i guess that's uh, the yogic philosophy in and of itself is like right. whatever you're doing just like slow like be present and just slow down and stop trying to like rush the moment or yeah, like I think only that, I think... think about the next one when like whatever moment you're going through right now just enjoy that and enjoy that journey in space do you think that's part of like a societal pressure that we put on ourselves is like we have to experience as much as we can because life's so short and you got to try to just try to do everything and, and just cram it in cram it in cram it in because i mean like it, it can feel that way for sure it's like oh man i've never even seen this like when we went out there to to the desert i was like i never thought i was gonna see 
the Grand Canyon from the sky, really. But I never thought I was going to go to Vegas. It wasn't, like, in my life plans, you know. Uh, I would never thought I was going to go out to the desert and see that stuff. We went to the Hoover Dam. You know, like, that was crazy. I never thought I was going to see the Hoover Dam. So, I mean, like, there is a... We just didn't try to cram so much into it because we were also there for her work. So it was like we didn't try to cram like a ton. I laid around in the hotel room all day. I could have like been out trying to sightsee everything, but I wanted to wait for her. But we just tried to like take it like we like two things each night we kind of did. Yeah. And I think like also just being able to lay around in the hotel room and relax. Like that's also, well, I, I mean, it sounds like only you got to enjoy that uh, of the mm-hmm. two parties. But I, oh, I she know, let like, me know. Yeah. But that's also <laughs> like part of a nice thing on vacation. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it is so much of society. And I talk about it in a lot of my classes just because I, I've seen that in the yoga world where especially in our Western society of like, well, yeah. When I say Western society, basically America, like so many of the studios are just offering like vinyasa, like fast paced classes or like slow burn. And it's all of these like heat building hatha, like get active, but there aren't as many yin and restore classes that like help bring that balance back to you. And especially during the summertime, like now we're now we are flipping the switch because uh, we've gone from it being 80 um, bold <laughs> five weekends ago to it snowing on Halloween. Look, I we <laughs> landed on Monday. We came back from Arizona or from uh, Nevada. And when we left Vegas, it was like in the low 60s. And when we landed here, it was 75. So <laughs> it was weird to go from Vegas to here and it actually be warmer here. And then now, yeah, it was 32. This morning, I think it was 34. We went out and closed the pool today. And the whole time out there, it's just, you know, Man, it was just warm not that many days ago. Yeah, no, I I laugh about it because, like, when I was started teaching at the YMCA downtown in September, it was like, hey, it's warm enough. Like, let's practice outside on the deck. Like, who knows when we'll be able to get to do this again? And the answer is, uh, well, not this year. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, it it is. it's, It's funny because when I was just going through this, you know, I love winter and I love the snow. I love the cold, like... This transition, what I don't like is having to winterize shit. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> like like that's that, a like preparing for winter kind of sucks. Uh, but like I, I enjoy the snow. I don't really like driving in it. Well, I do like driving in it, just not in traffic. Uh, you know, but like, oh, man, it's it just I love it, but it, it does it does feel like there's this oh crap we gotta squeeze as much into the summer because it's only a few months like we gotta do all these things go on vacations go do this go party you know like there does feel like this pressure to just enjoy that but then yeah you get into the winter months and it's like nothing to do because you don't want to go outside so everyone's trying to get together and then it's a good time for people to start getting back into the gyms and stuff because they got nothing else to do it's not nice out yeah or, or so like when, or during all the seasonal changes i just try to remind people like well if you're in this area one you can't really avoid it but look at it as an opportunity like if you are used to doing like so much outdoorsy things like look at it as an opportunity to pick up a new hobby or like try right. just different things in the winter because we can still be active 
active, like, you can still generate plenty of heat within yourself to, like, stay warmer during this time. Like, uh, it's not ideal, but, like, what just, yeah, even during the summer, like, whenever it rains, everyone's like, oh, it's raining. Like, this is such a bummer. Right. Like, you can I, you can always make the best of it. Yeah. And I usually do not get upset when it rains because it's like, if this, if the rain's forcing me inside, like, in my free time, that usually means, like, that's more time to either do yoga or practice music like okay. uh, uh, yeah so weather can like sometimes force me to get back to like my main ambitions and hobbies versus like oh, right because you're kayak. distracted by it's so nice yeah it's so nice out you want to go ride your kayak you know you want to go go drift down the river or, or whatever like i would just be going fishing like i got the boat now so i'd be like oh let's go take the boat out right but uh yeah i i totally get that because it's like oh crap and then it does kind of like oh the bad weather's like all right now i'm gonna sit inside what do i gotta do well i got these other things i need to work on so it does kind of force you into that so you go on this this trip and it's you're able to just kind of be yourself for the first time in a long time and then you take your trip up to the to the up like so where the the this uh the rest of the progression go from there uh, all right so the progression really begins back in october of 2017 so uh mm. at this point i had been a leader at for a little over a year had uh, just gone through a bit of a crazy relationship that we're definitely not getting into on this <laughs> podcast, but just no, everyone no who, problem. yeah, anyone Down. who doesn't know, just Down. know that I have like an hour long craziest ex you will ever hear of in your story, uh, like Why to not? deliver. So yeah, ask me about it or don't. <laughs> yeah, we, we can touch on that another time. If yeah, you exactly. Want <laughs> but anyways, it's to say, like, so after all this time of, like, I finally had a doctor's appointment that was where the doctor was honestly really straight up with me. Like, I appreciated it. And, like, I don't know if everyone has similar experience with doctors or not, but this is the first time I genuinely felt it where the guy was just being, like, bluntly straightforward and simple and honest with me where, like... I was talking about how I felt a lot of knee pain and ankle pain. And he basically said, like, well, the only way that you can take pressure off of those joints long term is to, literally. Li yeah, literally take pressure off of them. Like, yeah. Gravity is what's affecting you. And, like, uh, like uh, yeah, because he's like, any other short-term thing like surgery or uh, whatever yeah, it's else, it's like, it might bring you temporary relief or like painkillers might bring you temporary relief but especially if you go down the surgery route you lose that mobility and lose like your permanent just naturalness of the knee so i think like yeah so really having that straightforward conversation and also telling me things of just like yeah coffee's or yeah coffee's fine mountain dew and monster aren't great for you it's mostly the sugar like right. caffeine's the safe part it's uh, all the other stuff that goes in so at least having that conversation gave me a point where I made it a priority to just start trying to do what I could to get my health in order. And uh, I had won a raffle at one of those, uh, hey, don't look at us slashing all of your benefits. Here's a raffle type of uh, ordeal. Right. So as much as I hated those promotions, I won one for a yoga studio downtown, Citizen Yoga, and it equated to like 30 passes. So... I started just, uh, I had been practicing like semi-routinely at the free classes 
to offer, and that was like my first introduction to yoga. Okay. So that was where I first started liking it, but and one realized like I think I want to do just more of this. Finally got this, and it was like okay, this is my chance to like get in the studio and do a regular routine. What I noticed right away, it just from doing yoga, is if I did it. Like, I would be just much more calm, more relaxed at work that no matter what happened to me, I would just be able to, like, kind of stay, uh, yeah, just stay level. You're, you're stay releasing that energy the that you're, 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 you're getting that out of you yeah, through that activity. And it's like, you know, and it's, it's also like from all that breathing and all that philosophy, you kind of know just uh, how to handle everything else in your day to day life of like, hey, if someone, like, whatever starts getting on you and like before you get angry and overreact like just first stay like stay breathing and stay present and just be able to like be level through the situation uh yeah where if i didn't do it and anyone uh who used to know me would probably see those times where i would be a little more on edge or like just be willing to have an argument over the phone with someone for only the reason of like winning the argument argument. or trying to show like you aren't the only person around here you can yell right but like it's to say that i would notice those differences and also observe like those overall feelings so like that transformation in and of itself like of how much of a difference it made when i started practicing just once or twice a week consistently that was so life-changing in and of itself where just having a little bit more of a disciplined routine like slowly in my transformation like i think it took that first five months and like like before i went overseas i was hovering around like 320 325 to start okay and so yeah by the time i got to february from october so five months like my work life had just been flipped upside down because they had me switch teams three different times so by the time this trip goes i'm just like only ready for this trip and right more and I guess what I would say on the trip is, like, as we talked about being isolated and finding, like, those, uh, or, yeah, just being, I, yeah, being isolated, having more space to just clearly watch your mind and observe how it runs. Uh, like, there were a few things that I noticed overseas from trying to be open and be myself. So, oh, yeah, and when I talk about being open and being myself, too, that's also to say, like, in yoga, uh, just... You can imagine while you're doing a pose or if it's a slow class and you're just kind of like holding a gentler, let's just sit still and hold type of pose for five minutes. So many thoughts like just come up from your mind. It's like such a good tool of whatever is popping into your head is like a source of stress or like, or you kind of like working through those things. Yeah. So I noticed that in my head, even while overseas on this spectacular, life-changing trip that so many people do not get the chance to I would even love to go take. to Australia. Uh, yeah. Oh, highly worth it. Uh, I endorse both Aussie and New Zealand. I also endorse packaging them together because it's a long flight. Like if you're <laughs> if you're going over to the Asian Pacific, like Just try to get it two, all out. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're doing at least two weeks. And if, if you feel adventurous where you don't want to spend two weeks in one spot, then like make it two countries. Not, or, not like, trying to put any pressure on you or stretch it out at all, but if you're going over there. You might as well cram as much as you can into it. 
It, yeah, well, if you're if you're spending 28 hours to, like straight at airports and airplanes, you're going to want some oh, time man. to not be doing just that. Wow. But uh, yeah, so that's to say, like, there were two main thoughts that, or like, so much was just all of these stress points that kept quick, creeping up for me. Like, oh, you need to stay this late. Uh, like, help these people. Like, oh, don't let anyone work one hour of overtime. Or, like, you will yeah. be, uh, like, out of here. And just all what, all of these different bombarding thoughts. Like, I could not get them to escape my head even when I was, like, in the middle of a trip of a lifetime. So, like, from all that stress while I was over there, I realized... I didn't really want to deal with that and do that anymore. Uh, one of the uh, like one of the other changes on that trip, as I talk about like being open, uh, anyone who has like seen my social media or has asked me about it probably knows that I'm openly bi and a big advocate for the LGBTQ community. And that's to say, like when I was over there, I wasn't out yet. So, but well, I was going to ask, like, is, that, is that part of this this whole experience was acknowledging that? Yeah, because that would be like the other main stress point when I would like lie in shavasana or lie in these yoga classes like in terms of like something traumatic or something that like stressed out my mind so much and clearly pulled me like away from the present it was that so like the yeah so those two main things being like my negative source of stress along with uh over there the people were just so positive and so welcoming when i told them my lifelong goals of like being a musician or wanting to open up a live music yoga studio they would be like over here so many people would be like are you sure that's going to be able to uh, be financially stable and right. provide for you and your family versus this current job like what will you do without insurance and right. over there it's just like if that's what you feel like you want to do you should absolutely do it because if you have your mindset like yeah, basically, if you have your mindset where it, it is, or this is what you want to do, and you put the work in, you'll succeed right. in the end. So, and I think that also comes a lot from like their more social attitude, or yeah, more like or just economic differences where those countries are much more socialistic, just because, uh, yeah, everywhere else in the world has healthcare and uh, stuff and their education, and we don't. So, right. that makes it really hard in and of itself for people to transition. But it was to say, like, that positivity of, like, when you see people who are more happy doing what they want to do, when you start to lose those points of stress versus when you feel them come back and realize, like, what's the ultimate source. Problem solving at the end of the day is just first bringing awareness to what your problems are and then putting actions and solutions in place to ultimately fix them. So when I got back from that, or, oh yeah, I don't want to skip the other thing on the weight loss side of things on that trip too. So on the weight loss thing, it's funny is as I noticed a difference between you and I, I had that same conversation. I ended up having orthoscopic surgery on my knee uh, because I tore the meniscus. And you clearly went the opposite direction that I did because here we sit, <laughs> you're lighter and I'm still about the same. Yeah. But, uh, and now I'm dealing with like a pinched nerve and stuff again. This is like the third time that oh. I've had the sciatic pinched, but it's, uh, yeah, definitely. There's, there's like, that's something that we talk, me and my, my family talk about all the time is like, make sure that we eat healthier because like I need to lose weight. I mean, 
I could probably go on like this and I look at myself and I'm like, I can still see myself, you know, I can, st I'm not like huge, huge, but, uh, it's enough that it's causing discomfort and stuff and like serious pain on my joints and I do need to get it together. So it's, it was awesome to see like to hear too, that you, you had that same conversation and you just took it to like a real going to do this transformation. Yeah. But like, and here, here's, I guess where I was going to get to go on it, but it's also to say America is such a hard place. Like, uh, one of our early themes of yoga philosophy, we talked about like this, uh, or yeah, like Vedanta philosophy was main in our training, like at the time. So it was like the idea of captivity in that all of us are born in captivity and whatever situation you're put into is basically your environment and kind of like what brings you up or starts to lead you to right. where you are so in america like a lot of our portions are big especially compared to the rest of the world uh, like so much of our stuff no. is corn based and uh like so yeah so many processed foods but it was to say like not that australia and new zealand are like super healthy by any means because uh they well they aren't perfect uh by did you eat any stretch. kangaroo while you were over there? Are you I, are you I an adventure, are you an adventurous eater? Uh, I'm fairly adventurous. I, like, I feel I'm like, open to new things. Like yeah. I did have a I had duck a couple times in New Zealand. You had but, duck in New Zealand? You never had duck here? Uh, I never see it on the menu here, or like <sighs> not that often. But in New Zealand, yeah, but New Zealand, I think they just have a few more delicacies. But I think yeah, the underlying point is that portions <laughs> over there are like. A half to two thirds of what they are here. I would pro I would safely estimate two thirds just to like kind of round it up and be more generous because Australia and New Zealand are still fairly westernized in terms of like you go over there, McDonald's, KFC, Burger King, uh, like all of your fast food restaurants here except for Taco Bell are popular over there. Right. Like, and that's not just. But is the, but is there less of them? Uh. I wouldn't say there's less of the restaurants. It's just that the portions are less at the restaurants. Like, I guess their medium and large, yeah, their medium and larges would be like our smalls and mediums. You know, what's crazy is like you go to like, like I went to Arby's or Taco Bell or something and got a small and their small pop was the size of like the largest large I've ever seen. And I was like, what the hell is this? And they were like, oh, that's a small. I'm like, no, no, this is not. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's and, crazy. Yeah, it and, is and, ridiculous. Is that, you you guess, is that like a, is that, that like a, an American mentality of like bigger is better? It, it really is a lot or getting, of the getting your money's worth, I guess, maybe too. Yeah. It's also, it's all interesting conversation at the end of the day, because like, so I noticed over there just from eating these smaller portions, I didn't change anything or like, I didn't eat healthy by any means on this trip. You just I, weren't eating as much of the unhealthy stuff. I just <laughs> ate like what I normally would, but did it at like their culture and would just be or yeah. So like if I got my lunch and it would just be like, let's say fish and chips, uh, two pieces of French and, or chips uh, or fish in a small <laughs> order of French fries. Yes, thank you. Yeah, a small order of fries or chips, if you will, right. because the Brits, it's like, okay, this small thing that would be about half of what I eat over here, I'm just going to eat it and see how I feel. And I would notice as I would like continue walking throughout the day of like, wow, I feel fine. Better. I honestly feel like better than was, I normally do. It was enough so, to like sate you, but not be overwhelming and, and have yeah. a bigger impact. Yeah. And the other thing that happened was one of my many New Zealand adventures, like my personal 
personal favorite was uh, I went bungee jumping. Oh, there. did you? Yeah, and it was like a hundred forty-seven foot jump in face like into a river, and like before you go on, you get like weighed in on a scale. All right, be honest, like so. Mm-hmm. So you were what around three twenty around at this point, right? Uh, I had been uh, before my trip. I got down to three hundred three. It was okay. my goal to get so, under three hundred okay. before the trip. But like, so when I got on this scale, it was my first day in like at that time, first day since twenty thirteen. So first day in like five years, I had wow. been under three hundred. Wow! So that w- that had to be cool because that was like I made it down to two ninety eight, and I was like finally under three. Yeah. But like, and so I, but so in, in that, your yeah. mind though, right? So you're used to being at the max of a lot of things right being 300 or more than 300 pounds there's a lot of things that are rated to 250 like granted some of those ratings are like that's where it safely can hold you it might be able to hold you at 300 like i just bought a, a hunting chair and it's 250 it held me just fine but i also know i've broken things <laughs> being heavier and bigger so was that a concern when you went to go bungee jump because that's part of that's like in my head it's like it'd be my luck that I break the rubber bands because I weigh so much. It wasn't at all for me, and that was just because, like, when I looked it up, the maximum weight was 380, so, like, I had wanted to go skydiving, too, because I saw, like, a group on for it, and then the max weight was, I think, 100 kilograms, a.k.a. 220. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to pass for that. Like, I could probably, you can, I feel like if you're within a few pounds, they'll generally be, like, let you right. slide. So you you weren't uh, able to go skydiving, though? You're, you mm-hmm. wanted to do that? Nope, I could, well, uh, yeah, didn't even bother to go try skydiving. Uh, like there, the last day in New Zealand, they have like their sky tower. So just think big observational tower, like the okay. Space Needle or like the CN Tower in Toronto, and they have a thing where you can just like free fall, like a controlled free fall off this tower, really? in the middle of downtown. Yeah, so like you can imagine, just you're on like the tallest Fuck building that. in New Zealand, <laughs> seeing everything around you for like just all different directions and then you just take a free fall plunge in the city yeah. that's how i wanted to end my trip but i couldn't do that because <laughs> and that, that's how yeah. he ended his life <laughs> no well the bungee jumping would have been more likely to do that like oh Rusty's there were like zero incidents that's, that's, that. that'd be my scare yeah Which no like, i'm gonna be the one time that <laughs> someone didn't check the right thing and then yeah, no, I had read into it, and I had seen, like, basically zero deaths. I say basically zero because I didn't, like, research hard. But when I looked, it was just like, this is safe. Like, a it a is brief just, Google search, not... and it was okay. Yeah. Well, there's, there's Wikipedia says. Any spot that's, like, a controlled bungee. Like, I, I think that's always the key. Right. We, like, every comedian talks about a bungee jumping is you never want to be the first person to bungee jump a spot. Like, right, yeah. untested. Of, like, mm-hmm. no, nah, this should be good. Like, give it give it a shot like ooh, uh, right yeah uh, hey pull that cord back up, again. up a little bit yeah right? <laughs> no but so yeah it was really funny though of like oh i have this big life affirming moment where it's like i've reached this milestone like i haven't in five years and all right you've got like 10 minutes before you jump face first into a river off a 150 foot cliff That's, uh, god that'd be crazy uh yeah no that that was one of the uh craziest like most memorable days of my life especially oh bungee jumping is next level i can't ride roll i don't feel like i can ride roller coasters have, anymore i haven't tried no. since but I remember, like, not getting overly scared by Millennium Force back in the day. And then let's compare that to just free-falling towards the Earth and what I would describe as, like, about 100 feet down. 
you're still going faster and you think like, dear yeah. God, like, I don't know what else to do. So I just was like, hands up, started screaming at the top of my lungs, like on the way down because I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Like, like do this you, is the do only you, bodily reaction I have is to do scream. Do you forget about the, the cord? Like in that moment, did you forget about all that? Was it just you? Like, I still remembered, like, but it was just like the adrenaline of I'm going so fast. You don't really start to slow up until maybe like 30, 40 feet from the water and it's like a pretty hard like just and you're tied at the feet right yeah and in this case it's like you pretty much start slowing down so you feel like you're slowing as you like go into the river and so you dumped into the water yeah they when i'm sitting getting strapped up they're like all right do you want to go in the water i'm like that's an option like yeah, I'm not going to say no if I have the, the option to do it. Oh, it is, it is impact. Uh, it, it's pretty hard just because it's like, think think of like high diving. That's right. about like what? Like but so, but 10, if you're not prepared 20. for that, you can get fucked up, right? Uh, yeah, well, as they said at the top of the thing, uh, they were very strict of like, make sure that like you keep your hands up and your chin down. Like, do not look at the water when you impact. They're like, if you do, you'll have black eyes. Right. Uh, it's just like, yeah. There's all these different things. So thankfully, I had at least been practicing yoga for a few months at that point. Because yeah, when you get when you get on the platform to go off, like after they strap you in and give you all of the final things, uh, yeah, when you get to like the oh shit, this is really happening. You're, you're really about to do this. Uh, yeah. Did you ever think about backing out? Nope. And here, I guess here's why. It's because it's like if, if you were looking at this desk right here, maybe like once you walked out. Two of these wood prints would be like the little ledge, or I guess maybe even lun. So like walking out on here, and then just like feet here, and then you have to like slide to this edge before you get off and go all the way over. So as soon as I got to that edge, it's ba- like my mind is basically like you can't commit. Like you, ha- like you have like committed to, to no this choice, point, yeah. yeah. Because if you like the way you would get hurt on a bungee, I feel is if you try to like freak out in that moment. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to go back as you're plummeting. Have you done it since? I haven't done it, and that's because there's, like, no spots Here. on the East Coast uh, to right. do it. There are on the West Coast, but flying is expensive, and so is bungee jumping. Yeah. It's a hard hobby to, like, stay consistent I with. I bet. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely something, if you're a thrill seeker, I would recommend because it's going to be safe and I mean safe to the extent of like if you're doing it commercially and like have all this liability insurance and all this other stuff and you have to post your numbers and tell like people like hey 12 have been seriously injured this year right yeah I remember one time I went whitewater rafting and it was like not a big river just like maybe class threes and a few fours in Pennsylvania and they were just like hey we have to tell you before this trip that 12 people have died, like, over the years, whitewater rafting here. <laughs> and when I heard that, I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, this is, a, <laughs> this, this, this is whitewater. All right, yeah. sweet. This isn't the, the little kitty stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, like, no, this, this is real. <laughs> like, if you're, and, and honestly, if you're telling me, like, I'm glad, because like, if you think about it, you're like, well, this place is what makes people run. <laughs> but you're also like, well, this place has been open since the 60s. Like, honestly, I appreciate that you're transparent of, like, 12 well, people. Since uh, the 60s, that's not anything. Uh, yeah, and it's like, basically, in the case of whitewater, it's like 12 people didn't know how to swim 
sw- or like can't swim or like either lied about their swimming ability uh, or yeah probably a combination of lied about their swimming ability and like got caught up in some rocks whereas you know I- what's crazy is like <laughs> how our minds will work on that we'll be so afraid like oh man 12 12 over 40 years or whatever like 12 over 50 years like with man that's 12 deaths. I could be the number 13. But, yeah, we get in cars and drive, and there's people texting mm. constantly and shit. And it's, like, it's more dangerous to walk down the street than it is to go do one of those things. Yeah, and, like... My girl's mad. Like, the the, the new thing that's one of my life goals is to get into paramotoring. Hmm, which paramotoring. is powered paragliding. Oh, so I, you the, know, like I've, paragliders seen, I've are, seen that in Girls' Ears. <clears throat> have you? Uh, and yeah. they have a fan. that They wear this fan on their back so they can fly. And, it, like, it's the cheapest way to fly. You don't have to have a license. Like, it's crazy, like, easy. It's just expensive. You know, it's, it's, it's like eight to 10000 especially because I weigh what I weigh. If I lost some pounds, so my goal is to lose some weight over the next few years. Yeah. So that way I can get some different equipment that's cheaper well you already know we're getting you on the band or the yoga bandwagon at the end of this podcast i've done yoga b- before i did uh the ddt yoga ddt <laughs> diamond uh, dale's no sorry uh, ddp diamond dale's page he was on a uh, shark tank and he had a, a whole yoga system and using dynamic resistance to help uh, get your your uh, heart rate into the aerobic zone without having to be like on a treadmill and stuff and it's it really kicked my ass, and it really worked. I just, uh, it's it's one of those things where it gets hard, especially because like we were trying to do it together, and like making sure that we both stick to the routine. It gets really hard, you know. All it takes is that one day where you're like, you know what, fuck it, I don't feel like doing anything, and you just break out of that routine. Like today is a, a break day, and then tomorrow turns into a break day, and then the next day, and the next day. And yeah. but it was really awesome, like the the dynamic resistance, like resisting every movement you're doing. Uh, when I went for my knee surgery, you know, like I like doing the DDP, you could you would do these poses that would help raise your heart rate and get you into the aerobic zone. And I was laying on in the hospital bed and it got me on the heart monitors and all that stuff. And I was like, DDP this shit. And just started clenching up and flexing, trying to flex every muscle I could. And Megan's like, stop it. What are you doing? Stop. And then also sure enough, beep, 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 beep. And starts beeping a bunch. And she's like, knock it off. <laughs> in trouble. But all I was doing was laying there. was just like trying to flex and activate like every muscle group that I could. Like right now, dude, it's like, holy shit. Like just trying to flex everything. And that's what he would do is have you do these positions where you would, you would in step start flexing all your muscles starting at your feet and flexing like each category of muscle and then doing these motions while you're doing it and man if i wasn't sweating my ass off by the end but you you learn like traditional yoga's po- uh, poses too like the uh you know we do like the planks and then the what is it like the cat arch where the, the arch back up and, yep the cat cows yeah the cat cows and stuff like that like we learned all that stuff too you know it was funny i'm doing physical therapy right now and and she's like, yeah, so you're going to lay on your back, put your hands down, bend your knees, and then you're going to lift your pelvis up, and you're going to squeeze your glutes. And, uh, and I was like, oh, the arch? And she's like, or bridge? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a yoga pose. Like, She's like, yeah, you're going to go up into a bridge. And I was like, oh, I know this one. You can do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's always a positive just because, well, what's funny about, like, the names of yoga poses, too, is, like, that uh, even differs from person to person or region to region is right. definitely a big thing, too, that I've noticed. Uh, yeah, being lucky enough, like, now that I'm into yoga, I didn't, I just went to, like, class when I visited Rochester, New York a few weeks back, and it was just like. Does anybody ever create any new poses? Uh, well, sometimes, like, I, I think there's too many poses as is to be able to create, like, new ones, really? but... You think uh, they've discovered pretty much most of them? 
Well, I I guess like I I mean there are so many yoga poses that I don't even know of or that I know of, but I just like rush to the side because it's like you have to be a stupid level of like practitioner and flexible for really that. to be able to do, for, do for, some of them for a lot of them but what else you find too is uh like some a lot of the best classes that i go to are basically like there's seven foundational poses in yoga there's uh let, let me see if i can get them there's chair crescent warrior one warrior two triangle extended side angle and prayer twist uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about the Sanskrit for now because that's just going to uh, really throw off a lot of people out there. But it's just like you think about it: seven standing poses that are in most like uh, most intro level flows. But if you're really working the fundamentals of those seven, like all of them are just like the building blocks and foundations of those more advanced poses. So even when you're just plugging in and working like something as subtle as like really focusing on the internal thigh rotation or always uh, keeping your knee like lunged in line with your ankle, all of that subtle alignment stuff as you do the practice more and more and get in tune with, like that's where I find like so much of the transformation. And I think like, as I talk about what, yoga's done in like my overall transformation and journey which yeah it's funny how many times we uh sidetrack uh, off this uh, yeah. journey which is a good metaphor for life and uh like everything itself is just uh yeah and that's, that's I, like one of the things i try to accomplish with this right is the is the real conversation not just the like what is it that someone's selling or trying to promote but like the the real actual conversation that's what happens in a normal conversation you have those you know those little side steps and off-topic conversations that just kind of spring up naturally yeah but it's to say like it, all this is to say at the end of the day like what i find so great about this practice and like what really helped me at the beginning of that journey is when you actually start to feel and experience that transformation so i remember like when i first crossed over like on overseas like getting under 300 pounds basically right. by eating less like and the feeling of like being able to just be a little bit more more active or a little bit more adventurous and free that I was like the transformation that it had like done in my body like just physically and mentally and all around was so powerful to me that like that's it was like really that experience that really helped me hone in when I got here because one I like took two of the main sources of stress out of my life because right. I ended up uh, leaving within like a month after I got back uh, like a complicated way of leaving out and wasn't maybe necessarily the intention but ultimately at the end of the day what I try to tell everyone is just like if you're at a spot that like harbor or like just isn't healthy for you to be at or like doesn't allow for you to do everything you need to you always have the option to leave and sometimes leaving or just detaching from something negative is the best way to continue to for move sure. forward i mean I, I think that's that's i think sometimes it's a hard thing to do because sometimes that negative energy can be like family members or close friends or an employer right that you're like relying on to 
almost live and it's it's a scary thought to be like oh you know what all right i gotta be done with this but now i gotta start all over again and i think that's that's mentally is one of the harder things for people to face is the the whole starting all over again you know whether it's in a relationship where they're just holding on because they don't want to be single and go through that again and be alone or if it's leaving a job and like man you're miserable but this is paying the bills and who knows how long it's going to take me to find another and do i really want to take that that change or you know i know this role i've already done through all the trainings like i can see how people get comfortable and get afraid of that yeah and i mean like there's reasons to be afraid of it too or just depending <laughs> on like not everyone is ready to deal with it or right. like what i just say and i guess uh, like yogic philosophy at the end of the day is just be ready to like go your or like do do things at your speed and like take the actions you can that will help get you to where you want to be right. uh, like even on weight loss like i can't tell everyone like oh yeah just never drink pop because right. even if cutting out mountain dew like ultimately is uh what really helped me start to like have it's funny you say off. that you cut out like you brought up mountain dew a few times like so did you really like mountain dew i used to drink about two liters a day even in high school it would be closer <laughs> to like three liters a day given it, it, what's uh, funny. the amount of stress that like well yeah an ap whatever an ap <laughs> student class president captain of the football team first chair in band uh, track and field and like all of these activities and just trying to like stay up to date just drinking mountain dew the whole time yeah because like i would i guess i justified it as like that was my form of coffee and like, it's, it's not as if i was inactive because of all the stuff right. i was doing but at the same well like comparatively i just enjoyed the taste so much that i never realized like how much it was <laughs> my girlfriend loves mountain dew but yeah. no it's just funny you say that because like your shirt is sweet because it's a bear bare face but it's like almost mountain dew green <laughs> yeah it, it's it's really more monster green which was like the other big one oh, i really God, used to monster. be into but like oh. yeah i remember that was a fun day when i uh like went i i remember the exact moment i went from liking mountain dew to, to like being turned like disgusted by it really yeah, it was in May of 2018. We were in the middle of our yoga teacher training at the time. So yeah, uh, for yeah to to just help kind of bridge the story. After I uh, left, <laughs> I enrolled at Citizen Yoga that April oh, to really? do okay. like my 200 hour teacher. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't necessarily think that I would be like going trying to do full-time yoga right away or right. i i thought well i had a couple of thoughts when i got in one was basically i just want to deepen my practice and see and see if this is truly the right career choice for me going forward because right. like the world is setting up like this is now a chance where i can go through this program and like get all this knowledge and see if yoga is actually for me because uh, like it isn't for a lot of people and what we found uh, even with well not just within our group but even what they started telling us during teacher training is like a lot of the people in here are not going to be, go on to become like full-time yoga teachers right. like some of you may want to teach like a class or two during the week and a, some like, may some, not even decide yeah, some of you may it. not even want the certification but if you're still here deepening your practice to this level like you're still getting value out of it right uh, so uh yeah and that's to... what What do you think would attribute more to your to your weight loss would it be diet change or do you think it's the yoga or i mean obviously it's a combination of both but which one do you think was more impactful 
I like to t say that yoga brought the awareness of my actions and ideals to make health a priority and hold more of that discipline to make more mindful choices. Okay. I say that because uh, over the past year, like I have, yeah, as we talk about America not being a great place <laughs> and uh, just also sometimes being like too comfortable and content or just like letting your discipline and actions go right. uh, once in a while like i've done more of that in the past year and haven't made i think probably because after i got under 200 in february like that was such a milestone wait you got under 200 damn yeah I, that's I, yeah. crazy i know i'm jumping Yo, look, all over look, the I, place I, when here. i graduated i was 200 but i'm also 6'3 how tall are you i well I, i'm an honest 5'10 and a half but or but like, i say six feet Okay. Yeah. So I'm six three, and I think I carry three hundred pretty well. But uh, that's crazy because like two hundred, like it's funny. I look at myself in like pictures when I was two hundred, and it looks ill. Like I look not healthy at all. So it's it's crazy to see just like like you look great, like in great shape. Yeah. And, and I, still, I look at myself and I'm like, holy crap, my face is so like gaunt looking, and, and like I, there's one picture. I mean, I think I was stoned, but I look. I, I was like, man, I look like. I'm I'm fucked up. Like I looked like I was a crack, and it was just because I was skinny. That's it. I was just skinny. So like I'm I kind of grown custom to or, or comfortable with the my face, but yeah, I need to shave that down. But yeah, diet. Like do you think that? So you're saying yoga? You feel because it brought the awareness to the issue more? Yeah, yoga brought more awareness to my diet. Like so, as we were talking about Mountain Dew, I like that night that transformed for me is like originally in my journey. Like as I talked about, I used to drink like close to two liters a day. It's it crazy. It took a lot just to get to like drinking a glass a day. And when I say a glass, I mean like pretty much the equivalent of a bottle, like a stadium cup glass with. <laughs> It's like 24 ounces or so, like give or take. And like it took a lot to cut down to that. So like even at the beginning of my journey. So was I it just pure like Mountain Dew or was it like Code Red or? Uh, it, it was every flavor. Like I mean, Just the, any the, Mountain the, Dew the, product basically. Yeah, the OG Citrus was probably like my main one. But <laughs> OG. like I would, I would grab like, I would have different Mountain Dews and like literally be able to coordinate like the color flavor Mountain Dew I was drinking with what. <laughs> Whatever outfit I was wearing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. you did not. Oh, you better believe if I was wearing a red outfit, <laughs> drinking, like, code code red. yeah, like you know, all the, the orange you're drinking. That that what's the orange one? The uh, lime. I think it's live wire or something. Or lime, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, they, 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 they started getting more diverse, too. Like, oh, what, man. there's the blue You really voltage. expanded your, your, uh, uh, <laughs> your yeah, wardrobe. Yeah, they had those special flavors, like uh, the white oh, cherry. Man. I don't even remember yeah. all the names. Really but, really uh, expanded your uh, wardrobe, huh? Yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> Every so. color they released, you had to buy some new clothes. Uh, yeah, it, it just helped uh, diversify the... Uh, yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Pair, I've pair never heard of someone doing that, but that's, uh, yeah. that's funny. Or, or at least, like, Monster is a great example of, like, a company that has, like, so many different oh my cans God. and flavors. So like, okay, so like Monster, like like OG Monster, I could not drink. But like there's some, been some other Monster ones, I, especially once they started getting into the coffees, I started drinking them a little more. But I had to like just... The, so like the, the one that I am bad with is, is Red Bull, and this is how I declare bad when I get gas. 
I drink a Red Bull usually if I stop at the gas station. I'll get a Red Bull. Usually because it's like in the morning, I'm probably running late, or I didn't have time to drink as much coffee as I normally do, so I grab a Red Bull. Uh, I used to hate Red Bull. But man, I'll tell you what, and and here's and there's another side to my Red Bull shit. So when I was working before, was working on a delivery truck for like ten years, and I, I started getting into Red Bull. Like I hated Red Bull when I was in high school and stuff, and I started drinking more and more Red Bull when I was working. Like our we would get gas every morning, go grab a Red Bull, grab whatever, and then you know be on our way. And I was like, you know what, I'm drinking too much of this shit. I sit in a truck. And yeah, I'm getting like physical activity, but I'm drinking too much Red Bull. So I need to stop. So I stopped. And then one day a Red Bull commercial comes on TV and it's just like, they sponsor so much shit that lets people, that helps people do the shit that they're passionate about. And I was like, fuck. All right. Red Bull, you can have my money again. Just because like they sponsor so many cool things that like, like, that are out there, right? The weird shit, like the, you know, the, the the trials, the bike trials, and the rally racing, and the plane flying, like these obscure things. It's probably really hard to get some kind of backing and recognition for, and they're just out there supporting that shit. So fuck it, they can have my money. Yeah, them <laughs> and Monster are kind of like that. Too, yes, Monster but, is too for sure. Yeah, and well, I just prefer <laughs> the flavor of of Red Bull too, and and even that can be too strong sometimes to to Monster. I just yeah. could. Could not do Monster. I knew people that had cases of Monster under their bed. I just could not be well, that person. Yeah, well, that's an interesting just, like, uh, talk about corporate sponsorship and how all these branding things, like, For play sure. out in the end. Is, yeah, because as we talk about, like, our love of Mo- or my, my old love of Mountain Dew, like, you, when I watch TV oh, yeah, now, I still see it. Like, yeah, Mountain Dew sponsored everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, like, all Pepsi. All yeah. yeah, all Pepsi stuff and all pop products. And it's, like, all the fast food stuff. Like, and it just goes all – it keeps going all over to show. But it also is, like, because that's so mainstream and because we yeah. spend so much money on, like, commercializing and getting this trend uh, in place and we make it so cheap on the front end to buy, like – it's super For easy sure. to get uh, over addicted and hooked to that stuff. Like, I yep. don't want to tell anyone to never drink that stuff because if you're, if I you will have, never yeah. drink it. You don't need the sugar. Neither do I. Yeah, but if you have the ability to just like have a <laughs> sip once in a while and it like doesn't lead you down, right? Is like, yeah, hole, yeah, within like, moderation. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Anything. Moderation's like the one of the main lessons of all philosophy that like helps lead to uh betterness and happiness but uh like yeah and i i guess that's also to say like i don't know how much of my love of mountain dew was like necessarily like truly tasting enjoyment versus uh obsessed like commercialism over the years but uh, yeah, I do uh, on that transformation. So like we were ha- during yoga teacher tra- yeah. during yoga teacher training, and it was funny too because we did like yeah because I had just figure out where we left know, off. Huh? It's all good. Oh, I have a way of uh, somehow bringing things back circle. Or, yeah, oh, that's funny. Back circle. So like I had just yeah I had just crossed over the fifty pound mark, and we had been talking about like awareness of all five senses and yeah so just that within everything we do we're not just focusing on like the one dominant sense that is like driving us to do something we're being aware of how all of our senses like react together with that 
So after that night, I remember like going home. I'm like, okay, I'm still going to drink my Mountain Dew as usual, but I'm going to be present and like pay attention while I'm drinking and like be aware. So I pulled my normal glass as usual. And I remember like in this hyper awareness of like, oh, I'm ready to basically do nothing but focus on like drinking Mountain Dew and seeing how I feel right now. Like that, that level of focus and awareness of myself. So yeah, I take my normal sip. Like, uh, yeah, while it's in my mouth, I'm like, all right, it still tastes pretty good and sweet to me. <laughs> as soon as I uh, swallowed that Mountain Dew and like gulped it down, it felt like a blob of sludge in that moment of hyper awareness was just going down my throat. And at that moment, like my eyes were kind of just like lighting up of like, this is what I've been doing to myself for so many years. Like, this is why I feel like so much of this. So yeah, from that moment, like, I don't want to say I immediately cut down, but I like just stopped buying it. Drastic. Yeah. It wasn't like I immediately cut it just because it was like after that of like, Oh God. And it's like, uh, there's still a couple two liters here. Like right. we'll, we'll, we'll slowly uh, get rid of those over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it was like such a game changing moment for me that like I I just went like yeah I I don't like drinking like that. It's not good to me. So, like, I became so disgusted by it in that moment that I, like, just don't drink it anymore. So, have you gone through that process with anything else where you've had to just remove those, those, uh... So, like, in that one, was like almost like you grew disgusted with it. Is there anything that's been, like, a temptation that you've had to remove just because, like, you know you shouldn't, but sometimes in that moment of weakness, you're like, oh, let me just eat this chocolate. Uh, oh, my God. Have you? I've been pretty good about chocolates historically just because I cut out, like, many candies and sweets a long time ago. I'm a sucker like, for Because gummies. I used to be, like, just all mountain, or, yeah, basically all pop was my dessert. Right. But after all cutting. Pop was pop, dessert. Yeah, but after cutting out pop oh believe me every time i'm at like a ho- halloween is a terrible like a good example halloween of a terrible needs season to go away like, because, like like the tradition of halloween and passing out candy and stuff we need to stop at least yeah at least the candy part i want to keep halloween yeah. i yeah, want no, i like the holiday like the time of year costumes. scaring each other sure but the candy needs to stop. It's yeah. Bad. Oh, the the ex- every year, man, I end up with so much candy, and they never eat it all, and then I end up having to take it to work, and it's just like, yeah, it's everywhere, and I'll pick through it, and I'm just like, oh. yeah. This no, year, I, actually, we even go trick or treating. This year, we so my son didn't go. He's 15 now, so my son didn't go. My daughter's 10. She went to a trunk or treat, and that's it. It rained and it was cold. It was miserable on on thing, uh, Halloween, so we didn't go out. And so that's all the candy we've had, and it's pretty much it's it's actually it's all gone now. I think she threw out the last of it, but it's it's all gone. So like this year, I escaped the candy season uh, relatively unscathed because years past, man, it was like two to three bowls just full of candy, and then I would just throw them in a bag and bring it to work. And yeah, I don't need all that sugar because. I get weak sometimes. Yeah, no, we all do. And I've had plenty of those moments in the past year. Honestly, this past year, that's why I've been like hovering um, since February around like the same way. So what are you at now? 
I like a range of one ninety five to two hundred, depending okay. on uh, yeah. Just and what is, what is your ideal? What do you what in your mind is the ideal weight? I ideally, for me, would like to get to one sixty to one eighty. And I say that just being <clears throat> one with weight is I don't necessarily look at the number versus the overall feeling. This is something. Th- yeah, this is something that like as I talk about like awareness. Well, you definitely might wear it different than you did when you were younger. Yeah, but what I want to tell anyone out there who might be trying to lose weight or is just going through uh, like trying to diet is sometimes one of the best things to do is just step stop stepping on your scale like take a week or two off of like that scale like if you just so number obsessed and instead like just when you eat focus on the way you feel like if you eat a salad not just how the salad tastes but how you feel like eating salad versus eating a sandwich versus eating like the burger versus have you cut that out have you cut meat out did you go like vegetarian or i'm not full so i'm not fully vegetarian by any means but i've actually have been trying to cut uh meat back like i've cut a lot of it out over the past year or two which is to me that's been another funny change just because it's one of those where like when i first started i didn't think that i would be like cutting meat out by any means or uh, would ever be like to the point where well yeah i used to be right. very i used to be one of the people who were like oh, how can anyone go vegan like where will they ever right. uh, like enjoy the taste of beef but now that i've uh, uh yeah especially in the yoga world there are a lot more vegans and vegetarians but like so when i have what was the main reason for cutting the meat out was it because of the because of the 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 industry and what's in the meat or was it just because of the meat period and do you and how much of like the negative the negative feeling from meat that's been in the media stuff and you know talked about a lot and i've I've tried i went vegan Mm -hmm. for like two weeks so Uh, how much yeah. of it do you think is because of natural meat versus the mass-produced meat that we're, we're dealing with? Oh, there's definitely a thing of all the anything that you get that's mass-produced is definitely not good for you. I noted, like, uh, yeah, when South Park first mocked Whole Foods back in 2015, <laughs> that was the first time I tried going into Whole Foods just because it's just like, to I see what they're making fun. Yeah, of. I want to see like how much the episode lives up to this. Were they and, right? Uh, oh yeah, they were de- <laughs> like South Park is. Like, yeah, South Park is accurate about pretty much everything. Yeah, everything. Like, they, 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 they have good, uh, they have good perspectives uh, for funny. anyone out there. But yeah, like even like when I first started eating organic versus like non-organic, I noticed that difference, and uh, I noticed that difference of like eating meat versus or yeah, one with meat. I guess I noticed the different types where it's like if it's something that is a little bit more organic or better taken care of, like I guess uh, the grass fed for instance versus like the corn fed like i taste a healthier like more or just more like filling and nutrient and delicious difference between like that beef versus something that's like mass-produced corn fed i'm kind of like in this in this weird state right now where so i've hunted for a few years before i used to hunt when i was younger never got anything when i was younger uh recently so like one year I got a, a duck, a rabbit, and a squirrel, and then last year I got a bear, and I've never gotten a deer yet. You that, know, but that, like, that's really <clears throat> funny. Well, on a few levels, one that you get a bear before a deer. Uh, while You're not the first Michigan. person to say that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it's uh, well, I went to Canada for the bear, um, 
and everyone but one person in our like combined hunting groups didn't get a bear everybody but just the one person i feel bad for him uh but it was uh that was a crazy experience when i talk about like that's probably up there with what i would feel about bungee jumping because my heart was racing but uh uh so like we we go to vegas right last weekend and i spent a lot of time sitting by myself and i also uh where the hotel we were in is at the end of the strip and literally at the end of the strip across the street are a bunch of the legal dispensaries now so it's legal recreationally just like here there too uh you uh you're allowed to consume it in your private residence but like not out in public not in hotel rooms all that stuff right so i uh i went and checked it out and was like first of all it's crazy this place so i was like looking up reviews and stuff and literally it was like across the corner it wasn't much of a walk and it was packed this line, I waited in line like an hour long. And and then it was like a half an hour to get in. Like once I got into the actual store. So like the first part was like where you like register to, to be a customer. But then also uh, it's kind of like a club, like, at, you know, an occupancy. So like as people leave, they let some people in. So it took like an hour and then uh, it took about 30 minutes inside there. So like I just, I had this all this time to just sit around and, you know, just like pop a couple gummies and chill out and just watch some boxing and and then I started watching all these hunting shows and so like after I got the bear I didn't hunt at all last year so I got the bear in uh 2000 the fall of 2018 I think it was like September or August of 2018 and I didn't hunt at all for the the rest of the time but then I'm sitting in this room and I'm watching these hunting shows and then now I've been watching Meat Eater on fucking Netflix god damn it and it's just like such a more organic way if I'm going to eat meat to get meat and instead of all the mass-produced stuff, and it's just like the chance, like seeing, and I, I know personally, right? Like I could have shot deer, I could have shot some does, I could have had doe plenty of times. I had a buck that I probably could have shot, but I wasn't sure how far away it was, so I didn't want to take that chance of just wounding it. So like again, being like a responsible hunter, I'm not just out there shooting anything I see. Uh, so I've never gotten deer. I've never even shot at a deer. My son the other day was calling me a loser. Like, oh yeah, you suck. You missed. You, you haven't even hit a deer yet, even after all the shots. And I'm like, dude, I've never shot one yet. I've never mm-hmm. shot at one at all. Uh, so I'm kind of waiting for like a big buck, but then also I want to make sure that it's going to be a responsible shot. And it's like taking ownership of, of what we're doing, right? Like these cows and these pigs and these chickens and stuff, like they're just raised to die and they're just raised to be slaughtered and they're pumped full of this stuff. And it's like, do I really want to be eating that like as much as I do now trying to convince my family is one thing. Like my son, he'll eat pretty much anything. My daughter, she's had duck, which was what amazed me like living in Michigan. Cause there's a lot of duck hunting here too. Like they've never had duck, like even at a Chinese place or, or sorry, Asian restaurant, whatever Chinese restaurant, uh, they'll do the, uh, the fried duck sometimes. Right. And that's not like, that wasn't even true. Like that was my only experience with duck until I shot a duck. And then I ate the duck breast and it was like steak and it was delicious. My daughter tried it. My son tried it. We've had squirrel and rabbit, uh, <coughs> but like trying to get them open to it. You know, I, we tried to go vegan for like two weeks, me and her, I was like, let's just see how we feel if there's a difference. Right. And I probably could have done it way longer, but it was because the rest of the family couldn't do it. They just weren't on board with that change. So it makes it harder. And it's just, that's the funk that I'm in right now is like, I'm watching this and I'm like, man, first of all, I want to go on these crazy hunts. But second of all, like, I feel way better about the meat that I'm, I'm going out and getting. It's not some animal that was just bred to be slaughtered. I'm out there. It's got a fair chance of getting away. It's not pumped full of chemicals and, and, and all that. And it's like being more, to me, being more responsible 
responsible and taking ownership for the animal that I'm about to eat or my family's about to eat. I don't know. It, it's just, and plus, I want those like skills anyway, just because who knows if this shit hits the fan. <laughs> Not to yeah. get all conspiracy yeah. theorists on us, but uh, you know, it's like dying skills to to learn. Like the fact that so many people don't know how to change a fucking tire on their car. That's bizarre to me. Like my son's 15. He's gonna learn how to change a tire in the next couple of years because he may be driving to know how to change a tire. But like to me, that's that's one of the things. Like the the whole meat point is like. I feel like I, I want to try to start shifting towards more natural meat that's better, uh, that I feel would be better. It's more lean, uh, you know, and it isn't pumped full of these hormones and antibiotics and who knows what else is going on. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy. There's this, this show right now that's on Netflix. It's called Rotten. It'll just fucking blow your mind. It scares you. You won't, you won't want to eat anything. Yeah. Oh, well, challenge accepted because uh, there has been Chocolate, nothing dude. that has like, been able to, oh. like, scare me or deter me from no and, and look yeah. like i watched the whole story on chocolate and it's fucking heartbreaking and i still eat some chocolate after that shit and i feel i do feel bad for it but it was like man i'm not me not eating chocolate hershey's or whoever losing that one sale for me or me not eating that halloween candy isn't stopping that machine yeah but like but i did feel guilty it is yeah but i it, it's one of those yeah in well, there's so many different things to go on. I know, I go this. all over the place. Oh, so. no, it's all good, yeah. <laughs> so to me, one of just like with everything in the food industry, I just want to I want to just be told honestly like what I'm putting into my body. So Right. Like that's what happens to so many of us when like we think that we're like not eating as healthy as we are is because we don't know what goes into well, our food. And, and, so, and, like, and like the food industry, like, oh, I hate to bring it back to this damn show, but that's one of the things they talk about in Ron, like the very first episode's about honey and about how much honey is sold as 100% pure honey and it's not yeah that it's it's actually mixed with corn syrup and stuff yeah and, and it's crazy so, no the the whole corn syrup and corn problem in this country like i don't think any i don't think there's any talk or like any awareness about it but like it really should get just bigger points because it's just like yeah, I'm sure we have uh, been in this boat. Like, how many times have you just been, like, eating corn and been thinking, like, oh, cool, I'm eating corn. This is a good veggie right. to eat. Like, I'm eating vegetables. And it's just, like, Dude, corn on the wait, cob on the grill. this is actually, like, eating corn is worse for me than eating, like, so many other things in life. And it's just, like... Well, it's because you're told from a young age that, like, eat your vegetables, all your vegetables, not yeah. specific vegetables, not certain ones, all of them. Just eat vegetables. If yep. it's a vegetable, it's good. If it's a fruit, it's good. It's a natural source of sugar. You know, like, it's... it's yeah, and that's the problem because it's like, no, like, how much added sugar or added stuff is in that? Because, oh, yeah. Like, that, yeah, we just, that's how it all ends up at the end of the day. Like, I just well, make, because, sure, because I just that, try to read the ingredients labels on everything yeah. that I get because, uh, like, oh, yeah. And that's another interest. Like, if I bring it back to Australia versus New Zealand, yeah. I don't know how many ingredients are in Mountain Dew over here. Oh, I would I, estimate I 25. I heard about that. It's like super simple ingredients. Like they're yeah. like five things. Yep, I, I think I saw six in New Zealand, and it'll be and like it included a, natural juices as well. Yeah, I saw I saw something that brought that up. They're like our our labels compared to the rest of the world. They're like basically our labels. Manufacturers put so much extra. And again, this is all from articles that I've listened to and read. This is by no means fact, unless you can look it up and find it on your own. But all I'm saying is. The, the information that I, I digested was, holy crap, 
our our food and our our snacks everything has so many more extra things in it than the same food produced by the same company for a different country like unless their labels don't have to be as specific as ours or it's just that much of a difference because there's like one loophole i know about where they can say natural ingredients and that could be any wide range of things because it's a true statement that it was a natural ingredient. So, like, every few years the whole beaver, beaver anal gland pops up in the news about vanilla, right? Which is true. It's used as a flavor in a whole bunch of different things. I don't think it's as widespread. At least that's what the beaver anal gland societies or agenda has been pushing is that it's not in everything. Totally You're not saying jokes. beaver anal gland, are yes, you? Yes, I am. Okay. So there's, so I there's, wanted to make sure I was right for laughing so there's, at beaver there's a, anal gland. So there's a gland, there's a, an anal gland that's on a beaver's body that produces a, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a chemical, what it is, but it, it produces a secretion that is used as an extra flavorant in a lot of things. Like vanilla is one of the big ones, right? Uh, but it enhances the flavor. They use it in a bunch of different stuff. So I, I watched it on a couple of the shows, like literally where they were working with the stuff. So it's really used as an ingredient, but it's enlisted doesn't say anal you know beaver anal gland or you know some butt gland from a beaver like it literally says natural uh you know natural uh shit camera yeah natural ingredients ingredients right so like because it is it's a natural ingredient that came from an animal so it's natural and it's an ingredient so they're that's how they're able to bypass some stuff yeah is able to just like throw it into our food and list it as a natural ingredient where it doesn't necessarily need to be there so do, so do you think that was what it was? Like, that was actually what it was in there? Was there a taste difference? So oh, there there was definitely a taste difference. And it, it, part of it, too, is just everywhere that you go in the world, like, it's just international marketing, is that you have to redesign your product to make sure that it adapts to the consumer. Right, that you're, you're selling uh, to. Yeah. In those spaces. That's why, like, McDonald's, for instance, in India, sells zero hamburgers on their menu because right, they obviously. know that, yeah. Uh, yeah, they know how sacred cows are in india which is another funny random thing of as we talk about beef and everyone in america just like i remember how many people would make fun of like indian culture for doing that growing up and as we just sit here a little more informed in 2019 i just like now look back at those days and laugh of like we basically were just ripping on them for like finding cows sacred and like not eating them like with zero uh, yeah. thoughts to like, hey, what if I try almond milk for a few days? Or like, well, what you know, if I don't like, eat beef? And that's like, like that's like one thing, right? Yeah. I, I used to love milk, and and I haven't consumed dairy in that capacity in a long time. Once in a while, I'll have a glass of milk with like a chocolate cookie, or I'll have a bowl of cereal. The other day, I had two bowls of cereal. My stomach was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I ate yogurt today, and I was like, this is still milk. And then I love cheese. And I've, redu- I've reduced how much cheese I normally eat. I do have a block of there of, like, a Tennessee whiskey cheese. Oh, God, mm-hmm. I just cracked it. It was so good. But, like, I've cut dairy out a lot. And, and I can't remember where I heard it, but basically it was like, we have taken something that is designed to make something go 
from as small as possible to multi-ton as big as possible in the shortest amount of time period. And that's what we're choosing to use every day in our foods and our, like with our cereal, give to our kids, like, Oh, you got to drink your milk. And that's the messaging that I received when I was a kid. And I was like, damn, that's true. That shit is specifically its intention. What it was designed for was to make you as huge as possible, as quick as possible. Yeah. Or it was literally just to sell milk with like no other reason. And that's another thing. Like, uh, yeah. So, like, on all the meat stuff, like, I've seen a few episodes where they talk about, like, certain meats, like bacon being level one carcinogens and then just being able, like, having lobbyists truly just buy off the FDA and, like, throw millions upon millions of dollars to be like, no, you're not right. Well, this it definitely feels like money rules. Definitely feels like money rules. But oh, we can also be be more educated about that but see and that's yeah. the, that's the other problem with like the the way the things are now is no one trusts anything yeah. i was just having this conversation with someone no one fucking trusts anything <laughs> no one trusts the scientists everyone's got a fucking you know a conspiracy theory no one trusts big business no one trusts the government like no one trusts anybody so it's like it's so hard to know like is it really this way? And I, I guess you, all you can do is just do the research yourself and make the best informed decision that for yourself that you can. But it is, it's really hard to navigate through everything and find the truth out of all the bullshit. Yeah, be, especially because there is so much of it, as you say. Like, uh, it, yeah, to me, I don't think it's too much of a thing to ask for just transparency right. on every transaction. Uh, like, yeah, if I'm drinking alcohol, I just want to know how much alcohol is in, in here, here because yeah. I might not want to order a second or third after uh, if I know right. that it's a 10% beer versus a 3%. Right. Uh, like, and yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, what? Yeah, if you're not disclosing that type of stuff for beer is like another example of a bad industry where no beer like no beer bottle is required to even put the ingredients on their uh there's a, you'd be packaging. surprised at how many things don't have to yeah no most crazy. of most of it i actually think like they don't and they just like put or a lot of it gets put on as like disclosures anyway but it, it, it yeah bothers they just all me have to that, have that surgeon general warning that's like almost all <laughs> the only thing you ever see consistently right yeah have that and it bothers me too especially in this day and age where more of us have knowledge about our bodies or as we just talk about like some people are vegan some people are gluten-free some people need to be certified organic and like rather than having judgment cast on all these people like one thing that we forget about when it's like how can someone get a gluten allergy is like we don't know what you we don't know what we've been eating so you very well like or like i could imagine just people with gluten and allergies as a young kid like just have like unbeknownst to them right. like just, they were just, just eating like it. bread and pasta and like so much other things that were just like overloaded where it maybe created an imbalance in their system because right. they just didn't have like all the right resources well, that's like one of the things that I, I was reading about with peanuts they're saying like don't give it to your kids young because that can cause them to have an allergy which is it's weird because i get like to a degree that we we're getting better at diagnosing things. Like I, 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 be, I really do believe that the the reason that there is so many more like like autism. And I know it would be a touch touchy anti-vaxxer shit, whatever. Uh, but like with autism, I think it's we're getting better at diagnosing the range or the spectrum of of autism versus uh, before it was just 
crazy people. Like, you didn't know what was wrong. You just knew something was wrong with them, and they would do all kinds of crazy shit to people. And I, so I don't know if that's the same with peanuts, right? Like, the peanut allergy, because I, did, I know when I was a kid, there was no... I've never even heard of peanut allergies, right? And, like, it's it definitely has seemed like it's become more prevalent. Like, I remember hearing about bee allergies. That was the one when I was a kid. Like, oh, you know, someone might be allergic to bees. Uh, they even made a movie with Martin Short about that shit. And, uh... But like the peanut thing, never. But now it's more prevalent. Is it because we we incorporate peanuts into more of our diet now, or is it, you know, what I mean, like what was it was really the cause of these things? And that's where it gets to like some yeah. of them are like, oh yeah, it's and ex- I could, early exposure. Yeah, I th- I would imagine it's a little bit of both because uh, I mean it's interesting. I don't know our exact age difference, but I I'm 37. I'm, yeah, all right. So I'm 28. So like so well, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Only only a good like decade off. So I actually didn't grow like yeah. One of my current friends who's actually my hairstylist, uh, he had a peanut allergy growing up. So it was interesting because like we had one kid in our class with a peanut peanut allergy like they like we would always be first to lunch to go uh, in middle school to make sure like no other stuff was brought in or like during uh, like Halloween or other things like there would be notes of like hey you tried like not to bring anything with peanuts in it but all and it's to say what's in it like one uh, oh, that, that poor uh, dude pride like so much I think unnecessary harassment and hatred from him or people who just like want to i guess have pb and j's or like whatever candy bars they have of like oh yeah what or was like reese's not available in the vending machine boo type of stuff like <laughs> yeah the silliest things that are like are funny of like how much we would overreact to them now but i still think like on the like just everyone who's anti-food allergy or like i don't i don't know how someone could be that way it's like right i personally don't know how i like either but I could take a guess that some sort of imbalance and especially with peanuts, like I don't know the extent of how many things have peanuts in them or how much like you could have it as a snack. But yeah, if you were in a right. family where it's just well, like planners is what's like in the cabinet, like right. for all the and peanut butter and, and peanut butter and yeah. jelly is a staple of, yeah, all of, of the my snack, childhood. Yeah, of, all of the snack tray. Or, I mean, like, look at peanut butter and jelly is so big that they, they package it in with the crust cut off. I mean, you can go yeah. buy frozen PBJ sandwiches. Like that's how much of the American culture it is. Yeah, I just do. Do, do, do you know why people hate crust so much? I've been trying to figure that out. Yo, oh, look, look, I, I'm I, a crust I convert. Crust, okay, I'm a yeah. crust convert. So I, I hated crust when I was growing up. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that people do that's like a psychological thing versus an actual real thing, right? So like with the crust, like I don't know. Yeah, I used to think it always tasted different. Now, it like well, so yeah, like it does scientifically, taste it's going to taste a little different because bridge. well, but because it, it has gone through a different process than the interior, right? Because it is more brown, so there's a different chemical reaction going on there. It may have some extra flavor, uh, but yeah, I used to hate it too, and now I'm like, crust is sweet, dude. I'll eat crust. I'll eat the whole damn thing. You know, like the pizza. Like I used to never eat. Pizza. Pizza crust. I'll eat pizza. It's like a fucking breadstick almost. Oh yeah. You know, give me some sauce and I'm I'm good. Yeah. So like I don't know. It is a it is a weird like psychological thing where people just don't want the crust and it's 
it's funny like what the fuck man free mm-hmm. like eat the cross dude like <laughs> yeah but uh, and, and it's just like i, I don't I don't know what would lead to that too oh the the worst with the anti-crust is like when people leave the crust off of square detroit pizza like your buddies jets uh nicky's uh, and, and any of those places like what that is the best crust in the world like beyond well, stuff it is so. funny because like I, look <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to square pizza especially like square deep dish i'm a sucker for the no crust piece i i love my pizza saucy oh that uh, you know but but it's funny because when you, you got see the how popular pizza and get like yeah. that one i i i don't underrate those pizzas it's but too. it's funny though that the crust has recently become such more of a bigger idea you can get like the four crust pizza where it's literally just a square cut into, so each piece has two big crust sides yeah you know so like and like it, I think crust is getting a little more recognition than it used to. Yeah. Oh, that's it's those crispy edges. I think people are appreciating. But like uh, the one of my kids grain. doesn't like them. One of my kids right now doesn't like what? the crust. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Just eat the crust, man. It's, it's good. It's bread. Which is you just probably shouldn't eat bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's where you can see. Get... See, part of me wants to eat healthier. When, when, when so they that don't I can eat live the longer. crust, that's when you just throw all of the vegan stuff their way. Of like, all right, this is what you use to supplement. So, like, there's part of me that wants to eat healthier like that, like cut out those things, and I and I try make small attempts. I'm not like wholeheartedly committed to cutting out bread because bread's fucking delicious. So there's I'm I'm I'm, I'm caught in two worlds right now. I'm caught in the I, I probably should, right? I know it's not good. I should probably stop it. But then I'm and, and I want to live longer. But then I'm also stuck in the fuck it. I only got one life to live. This shit's delicious. I'm gonna fucking eat what I want. So like it sucks because I get caught in those the oh. two dimensions, right? And it, I'm like I could go super strict and restrict all these delicious fucking tasty things. It's like I don't think I could ever give up meat just because meat is too fucking delicious to me. It just mm-hmm. is. And it's it's so hard to find that balance. Yep. Oh, that, that that's what we do <laughs> yoga for at the end of the day is to bring everything back to balance. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, like I've got these two ends of the spectrum. You totally ignore that third end, which is the middle path. There is no end. It's just like, all yeah. right, yeah, I can enjoy bread at my leisure, but I also need to just make sure to not be, re- be responsible about it. it right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, like, if you, I'm going to Texas enjoy- Roadhouse, you better bring like three baskets because my family we're. <laughs> We're eating some bread. Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm with you on that. Oh, when there's free bread at like whatever, or yeah, but Greek town I think is where it happens. Shit. To or you, you go to like a Mediterranean like, place, it, you get some the bread with the garlic sauce. Oh fuck, get uh, out of here! It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and every time you bring the extras to restaurants and yeah. like, oh, I'm still bad at it, but well, I don't want to even say bad. I think it's good, like because if you, we all know if we go to a uh, Latin what? restaurant and get uh, chips and salsa for days, oh. like oh. Uh, I'm so, oh, like, no, I'm just going to have the water. Yeah, still and... not ready to order. I'm just going to eat these chips and salt. Yeah. When, when did that trend start? Because, like, like, I remember, so Chi-Chi's, if you remember Chi-Chi's, it was a Mexican place. You used to bring out chips and salsa. And then, like, Outback Steakhouse would bring out the warm pumpernickel bread or whatever it is, rye bread. Other than that, man, I don't remember anybody bringing out shit. And then all of a sudden, it was like everyone fucking brings you some kind of bread out to your table. Yeah, I must have just gotten on the after period because I feel like... So you uh, don't remember the time before, right? I, I, I feel like just most of the restaurants where I've seen that they bring out bread or other complimentary things to start off, I feel like most of them have just been doing it from the get-go. 
Uh, yeah, honestly, they could yeah. See, I that. live in a I live in a world where there's before bread and after bread, so uh, <laughs> it's all delicious too. I can't imagine. Well, so, so besides, uh, so besides, so you went to the, the yoga training, right? So you started doing that the whole yoga training. You you hit below two hundred. Uh, so what what led you into teaching? And I see you do it out in the parks all the time. Like you're down on Belle Isle. Like you're always doing it in these crazy places. So what led to to doing a teaching and or being a teacher in yoga? And also, like, the following that you, or, well, I mean, the clients, or however you describe it, that you have, the group that you, you do yoga with, and how's that been going for you? Yeah, so ultimately, I think what I wanted to start te- getting in teaching yoga for and, like, why I still continue to teach is just because it's brought me so many positive transform- transformations in life of just being able to, like... Uh, yeah, use this philosophy to set my career goals in order, set my like personal health goals in order, do what I want to musically through yoga, through living, oh, yeah, we talk about the band through work. Uh, we, what a great yeah, name. So many different things. Oh, Trey Blanc. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, you got any music thing. online? Uh, we do act, uh, yeah. Like, well, so, so we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. So, so, so let's finish up the yoga part. Then we'll get to the, the music part. All right. So with the yoga, so why, like with how many positive things it's brought me in teaching, like, I just love to like give that back and be able to allow others to use that path of yoga. Like what I find so interesting about yoga and so much of us uh, think of yoga as the physical practice of like, oh yeah, right. there's like. Yep. Yep. There's a room full of 20 white women, like with mats, uh, doing, uh, poses like warrior, like that's yoga. And it's like, well, that's not really all that it is. Like that is an aspect of it for sure. Well, yeah, the, so you think that's a common misconception. Yeah. Or just like in the yoga sutra, the eight wheel, uh, path, like, which is like the main underlying uh, philosophy of all of this, like the actual poses themselves, asana, that's only one one eighth of this yoga spectrum. So there's so much more philosophical stuff that goes into this practice. And I say that because like truly yoga is like an early religion or still is a religion, but it's also like the, all the philosophy is there. Like so much world philosophy of how to be successful, how to be happy is very grounded in similar messaging and similar pat like similar structure but yoga is the one that i have found that like really lets go of a lot of the other attachments and actually like brings up uh, or just brings up without attachment what you are doing uh, or yeah just so what whatever you want to succeed at and wherever you want to go you can take your actions over that period of time to get so there. for you it's more of like a, a spiritual it uh, is centering thing and i was going to ask like how much if any does is there any kind of like organized religion that plays into this is it in into your whole tr- transformation as a whole sometimes that's one of the 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 catalysts or uh, one of the things that kind of helps it along, right, for a lot of people's transformation is finding some kind of religion. Did that play a part in this? or? Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if 
I don't want to say, well, I guess what I would put it is, is this is like, I don't even like to identify with anything as a religion or total embodiment just because I don't like to be too attached to ideals because that's what, what I find so often happens in religion is that the main messaging and the main lessons that are there, get kind lost. Of, yeah, they get pushed to the side to uh, bring up whatever other agenda is right. in the forefront. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I was just curious, you know, like because, like I said, that's like, oftentimes some kind of religious awakening is tied to personal transformations. Yeah, so. like I, well, I mean, if we talk about attachment, I remember just in Christianity, I went to a Christian college in Chicago called North Park University. Okay. Took theology uh, since we had to take like that as a, one of our really? requirements instead of English. But I remember from theology that our teacher said the main lesson at the end of the day was that Jesus said to love your neighbor. Right. And it was like, so that is the main lesson is to like love your neighbor uh, no matter what like above all else and like yep and it's just like how come I never get that message like ever in a church like right. I've never heard or I rarely hear the love your neighbor sermon maybe well, one time a year also... but I definitely get the uh, our church is really tight on funds and needs uh, more in the offering plate so give beyond your ten percent if right. you can that or, or what dominates the 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 news cycles is usually in regards to everything is never something positive but you know there's a lot of that stuff like a church protesting this or that it's always like the net the super negative stuff that come out yeah so at the end of the day like it wasn't necessarily a religious transformation but so much of the yoga philosophy is just the same stuff that's grounded in anything that we want to do and succeed for self-betterment yeah so what i try to tell everyone is one like if you're experiencing any type of back pain or bodily pain and like just need a little bit of like personal stretching like get and that's on supposed to be yoga. one of the benefits right is yeah that, is that it's a low impact yeah that was why i did the whole ddp yoga because it's supposed to be a low impact way to to do yoga be more flexible and then also lose some weight and the other thing is that it's yoga like yoga is truly for all levels too so as we talk about like like one thing that i try to make sure i embody and teach in every class is that it is for all levels so if you come to one of my like vinyasa classes i'm not going to hold anyone back or like you're going to have the opportunity to move through a lot of different posture sequences but like even if you're new to yoga we're going to cover the fundamentals of the pose so, so you want to just your, be lost yeah so whether it's your first time or it's your thousand time on the mat all those fundamentals are still key like okay. i find myself as a drummer still uh, doing like fundamentals like flams paradiddles and all that basic stuff because it's uh, the fundamentals in any one of our practices is what we build off of and like express off of we just so often take the fundamentals for granted because we've been so doing them for so long we forget to be present with them them and take their benefits so you brought up drumming quite a few times so to transition into the mm -hmm. into the band so this is an interesting dynamic right is 
I'm, if I'm right, this is you, your brother, and your mom? Yep, it's a family three-piece band, so definitely an interesting dynamic, too, but it's a great uh, dynamic in terms of just compared to other uh, bands that we've all been in. Like, I think in the family, we just have a little bit of a natural... Like, I think there's natural chemistry and, like, natural harmony that, like, just comes from being together. And this and, is you guys playing right here? Uh, I think that's a rough copy, too. Uh, do you have any? Do you have anything we can listen to? That's uh, uh, do you do any YouTube or anything? Or I, I have some stuff on YouTube. Uh, that that here, pl this video. If you unmute that, where we're playing my own worst enemy at one of our friends' uh, weddings. So this is also with some of my mom's bandmates. But this is one of our favorite ones to play. How long have you been drumming? People going. I've been drumming since like the age of 12, so about 16 years. Okay. But I would say since I got to college around like 20 or 21, or yeah, around that time, I started ramping up. Okay. So and, where, and where was this at? This was actually in our family's backyard in South oh. Rockwood. So uh, my one of my brother's good friends, our family friends, Nate Martin right there, he actually got married. Him and his wife, Lauren, decided to get married in our backyard since we okay. had like yeah, a It has a wedding court. vibe going on. Uh, yep. No, yeah. So it's a wedding, uh, and it's also funny, too, just because my brother and I talked about it. Now we can't like hold weddings in our own backyard because uh, someone else already beat us to it. But. So. So what now? Uh, uh, what what led to that 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 whole? You guys just decided to do a band together. I'm sorry. The last thing yep. I'm thinking of is to having a band with one of my parents. Oh no, it's okay. My so, dad's a drummer too. Yeah. So we've been. Pl I mean, we've been playing together for a little bit of a little bit of time. And when my brother moved back into the state in 2015, he and my mom actually started playing together. So this really? was a yeah. So this was originally called Deuce Blanc, where just because it was just those two. Yeah, it was just my mom and my brother. And then uh, over the past year, like when I had more time and was getting into like or getting back into drumming trying to get in some bands uh yeah actually if you go to well here if you search rust a yoga i or, i think that's i'm pretty sure i changed my or rust ao so a y o then i should have my youtube video or a few youtube videos up although not much what's funny is there's another rust ao there out sure there is who uh, i totally not, not you the videos yeah but i also don't have much on youtube in fairness so, so I've seen you post some some videos of you playing, uh, practicing and stuff. Are some of these actual performances? Uh, yeah. So uh, Mama Don't Allow was from our last show in Newport, and this is just like a little. This is like a little uh, diddly that we do. That I don't know if there's an original or I don't know who originally sings this or where it came from. But we like playing as a band just because, uh, yeah, since it's mo like, Mama Don't Allow uh, No uh, Keyboard Playing, I believe, is the next oh, one. Oh, Mama Don't Allow No Rock and Roll. Yeah, yeah, something like that, but, uh, yeah. So you'll see here, one, like, I've got the mic, so what's fun about this band is that we all sing together. Okay. So this is, like, this has been my great challenge, or, like, what I've picked up from being in this band is... I didn't sing in drum until like 2017. Yo. I started making it a goal. Fuck that. And uh, yeah, now how, I how sing hard is that mentally? How, how mentally text? Look, so my dad's a drummer. He sings a couple songs in his band, and 
I can drum a decent bit, right? I'm not like phenomenal, but I can keep a beat. I can do a couple fills. I got a cajon over there. Uh, I, I thought I've toyed around with getting like a digital drum set so it's not so loud. But one thing I've tried to do like in my car is drum to the song and sing it. Songs that I know and it is so hard to do. How is yeah. it? I mean, how mentally taxing is that? So it definitely takes some practice, and it's not like I can do it on every song. Is it more just mu muscle memory for certain songs? It's definitely a bit of muscle memory. So here's a key thing, especially when you've been playing drums for so long, like you just get used to holding a certain beat. So right. like this is one variation of a rock beat. You're one, two, three, four, right. one, two, three, four, yeah. So if you're used to holding something steady like that, which I am for a lot of the parts, uh, then it makes it easier. Uh, yeah, then you can you're just your able just to start like singing one, yeah. while you naturally hold the groove. And uh, when I say naturally too, it also takes a little bit of practice in each uh, moment. <coughs> yep, that's one of the problems uh, with the drum cam is you can't really hear much of the guitar or piano. But I believe the uh, next one after this is Big Drum Bangin', which would be fun. Big, uh, big Drum Bangin'. Yeah. Oh, where'd my mouse go? There it is. So, oh, all right, no Big Drum Bangin'. What do you got here? Uh, oh, those are those are some really old videos on the right from like... This one's Hey Jude. Yep, Hey Jude, foreplay long time. Uh, yeah, admittedly, I need to get a few more videos up because I have some from a GoPro on one. Or, uh, yeah, one of my cameras. Screw this song. Did you ever play Rock Band? Oh, Classic? yeah, yeah. At this one, I think Rock, this I think rock song, Band dude. was where, where I got a lot of the skills. Or, this like, song rock Band was is nuts. where I first learned uh, this. Yeah, yeah, this I used to. I hated this song. It was <laughs> you hated this song uh, playing a video game. Imagine yeah, being my mom really? playing the guitar. Yeah, no shit. <coughs> but the drum part, because I I always played the drums because none of my friends could keep a beat. Yeah, they they could all do the guitar and stuff, but they couldn't do the drums. But it, but it got insane, dude. It was just like survival mode. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm not I, saying it's even I know it's like actually this... doing it, but holy shit. Well, what's funny about <laughs> Rock Band, the video game, is it actually really is like playing real Oh, yeah, drums, it was real close. Uh, yeah, like, it was real close. So, yeah, like I got a lot I got a lot of skills of being able to like do like the timing off, and stuff too. Yeah, offbeats or like really using like the bass pedal for different things. I learned a lot of stuff from playing Rock Band. Like everyone rips that game and it's like, hey, oh, Rock Band was Guitar awesome. Hero, you cannot learn a real guitar from. You can develop your strumming speed and sure. finger speed, but no, like if you're band, playing rock band drums, you're actually drumming. Damn, yeah. No, that's awesome, man. So how long have you guys been performing together now? We've been performing together for a little over a year now. Like, we really started practicing together more as a three-piece last year. Like, we played the three of us together in 2017, like, as a... Uh, yeah, what during my grandpa's funeral, like we decided to uh, get together and like play about a twenty-song set for a family party because okay. uh, that's like the way I guess in our family that we uh, do things is right. to, uh, throw bigger parties uh, <laughs> to go out. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, no, I, I appreciated that over like your traditional funeral, funeral experience. Right, for sure, that's like, what I tell my my family. I'm like, I'm like. Just burn my body in a funeral pyre and have a party. Yeah, like just don't spend. <laughs> don't spend all grand. the money on a coffin and a plot and all that. Don't get me. If you want to keep some of the ashes after the the big ass bonfire, I want to go out like a fucking Viking. Like, 
you know, something like that. But man, that's that's awesome. So, how's been booking and everything? Like, is that that go pretty well? It's been going all right. Like, we just got another show down uh, for Black Wednesday, the Friday, or yeah, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We just got that set up for the. 32 Taps Tavern in Carlton, Michigan. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be 8 to 11 for anyone who's like down river or wants to make the uh, venture out to Carlton that night. Uh, otherwise, like for most gigs, we're trying to get uh, more wherever we can because as you can just see from being a variety cover band, like we're good for right. a lot of bars. And well, our band's really good for bars, like because we have a smaller. Well, we have a family drinking game that's special to oh, us really? and no one else. Uh, so so every time our band undergoes an instrument change, you take a drink. Now, okay. I want to list to you the number of instruments uh, everyone plays. I'm going to do my best here so you can imagine how many times you'd be drinking during like a uh, 20 or 30 or yeah, like 20 or 30 song set. <laughs> yeah. So, All but, right. As you see here, I'm dancing yeah. and uh, clicking away. All right. So my brother, the guitarist, he plays guitar. He plays bass. And that would also lead to like being able to grab an acoustic guitar every now right. and then. So that's three potentials. Uh, I'm pretty simple. I'm just on drums, but I do also have like the brushes to uh, make things a little more okay. ambient and soft. From I time thought about time. getting brushes that's, for the yeah. cajon. That's if you want to like count brushes as an instrument change, you probably won't in this game because here's where I'm going to throw everyone. Like my mom is truly the star of the band because when you want to talk about playing multiple instruments, she plays her keyboard, her guitar, the accordion. The flute, the guitar, bass. Jeez. Uh, so it, I might be missing one or two here, and that's just because there's always too many to list. So, uh, so music ability clearly <coughs> flows through your your family. Is now is that was your dad musical? Uh, my dad used to be musical. Like he doesn't play much anymore. So my grandpa used to play the sax. So my dad actually grew up playing sax. Like he was in high school band. But I think my dad's more into racing and hunting. So he okay. didn't get as into music. Where uh, yeah, my mom's really into piano and my brother's really into guitar. So okay. uh, like, yeah. like the three of us have been uh, more into music. But hey, he still likes jamming out. Uh, whether that's, that's uh, cool. occasionally. Uh, yeah, he, he he's occasionally uh, busted out the sax to learn and perform really? with us, which I hope he uh, does it again soon. That'd be pretty sweet. That's always I, I, I've toyed around to like my dad's band, like you know. So I grew up with drums all the time, and he really like in middle school he started forming bands and and being more serious about it. And then uh, I uh, I could like I said I could play the drums a little bit. I got turntables. I really got into DJing for a while, and then. Uh, I never. I wish I could have learned the guitar, but now I, I taught myself uh, harmonica. I was like, oh, I'm gonna start playing harmonica just out of nowhere. Let's fucking start doing that. You know, so I'm a, I'm a okay musically, but I'm not like super great. You know, like I, I can't do the guitar. I can't. I wish I could sing. If I could sing, I'd be a triple threat. Like. <laughs> you yeah well singing's like what i've found with sing really i think it's with everything is just it's a bit of confidence and practice for one so singing Especially is, nowadays like it seems like there's a lot of people that sing yeah. that aren't like what you traditionally think of as singing they the vocal ranges now it's more like you can have any kind of tone it's just 
how well you can deliver it and sustain the notes and stuff and it not sound just like yeah. a hard part these days too is just how many people are auto-tuned or all, how mm-hmm. many people are just like what yeah auto-tuned and mumble rapping are the two things that really not a fan, uh, upset huh? me on like those spectrums but otherwise like on the in terms of singing like or really in terms of any practice like whenever we say like oh I'm not good at something or like I'm not going to be good at that like well how many things were we good at the very first time that we did it the answer right. probably zero or whenever we have something that we're good at naturally it's usually because we've been doing a lot of other things similar to that action that have just given us an advantage when we get into that right. field so i say that to like anyone I'm like yeah if you want to like pick up singing if you just like start singing and like just kind of force yourself to just like yeah like how i started singing while drumming was basically force myself of like hey let me try let me try singing while drumming and then it was just a few things come naturally and just practice uh, yeah somehow a year later like i yeah in terms of like all of us have a wide range of songs that we do but i probably have the funniest vocal range just because it's like (laughs) well your voice like like even on here like when as soon as you started talking i was like damn man He's got a great like audio voice. Like the you you could definitely do the host of the voiceover, the the DJ radio jockey, whatever, you know, the the way your voice is. Yeah, oh yeah. Or my favorite old the the game show voice of like oh, the yeah. Whoa, whoa, hey everybody, <laughs> who wants to get in on a podcast? <laughs> Uh, yeah that all the time uh yeah my my leads vocals like i go anywhere from i do uh lose yourself to dance by pharrell and daft punk so you know okay. like the i know you don't get a chance to take a break this often to the lose yourself by eminem which you can right. imagine singing and drumming that one well oh, that's drumming yeah and in that case uh drumming like is the, the easy the part. breathing has got to be difficult uh, yeah well i mean that's it's the same thing for eminem too but uh, yeah well, but eminem's eminem's practicing... riding around on stage he's not also playing drums which is adding to the fatigue well yes no and that definitely adds up so uh like that's one of the beautiful things of like how yoga has improved like drumming for instance right. and oh yeah that's another favorite topic of mine is just well yeah how yoga like enhances as any of our practices so oops sorry drumming (laughs) is my good example because one like from doing yoga it made me more mobile and more alert to all my actions but then i started applying it to the drum set itself so like in a few different ways one is just the the anatomy of where you sit when you play any instrument alone is like game changing in and of itself. So right. for my drumming, the posture like, and everything. Uh, yeah, like I last year just learned like how to sit more upright while drumming, keeping that spine nice and long, uh, being able to like be properly grounded into the bass pedals, uh, okay. knowing like best spot to have my body to like hit uh, drums right. like. It's amazing when you do like all these little fundamental things that seem like such micro but how they add up to a larger yeah Yeah. like in terms of alignment when you get your alignment right and you're able to move your full body suddenly everything becomes easier right so i like i took a lesson from uh richie martinez he's from a band called arch echo so for any of you crazy metal instrumentalist out there arch echo is the band you want to listen to but like yeah so what he was teaching me like it's funny like hey let me find one of like the best drummers in the world 
world I know for like a good performance and what are the two of us going over like how to grip a stick because his talk his talk was like legitimately like yeah if you take the time to learn and master something as simple as your grip on the stick like all of your other abilities are going to be opened up so much more that you're going to have more tools in your bag than you ever knew and like it's amazing how all that works and so it's and I say that of like that's the same with every practice like you embody your fundamentals and you build off of that right. it's no different from yoga versus music versus uh, working on. your normal desk job like yeah. all of it at the end of the day like follows a similar path so, so that's why i find all life so interesting we're we're on two hours now so we'll wrap this up <laughs> nova's obviously telling us it's time to go too yep so what would be the, is the the parting comment first what do you have going on so um if anyone wanted to book you, how do they contact you for Rusty Yoga, for the band, uh, any of that stuff out? And then the last thing is, for anyone that's 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 feeling or going through like what you were and looking to make that self improvement, that that transformation, what would be like the one thing that you would say is the the most impactful to to kick that off? Well. Uh... Yeah, I'll I'll save the plugs for the very very end and get that question first uh, okay. to go go in that fun order. So to answer that question to anyone out there, like whatever goal in life that you're trying to strive for or achieve, no matter what that is, we like everything just starts with as simple as an action. So if that action like if you're like even if you're thinking about like let's say you want to leave your job for example like but what's holding you back is like being more financially like stable and viable or being able to give up that income it's very common all right then if that's where you're at like let's uh observe like just all the expenses that you can cut out of your day-to-day routine right now and just like what's every little thing that you can like cut out then and there to just get you on that path so so I say that because it's like, if that is what you're going for, then you take those actions and now you might be feeling a little better at your job and don't feel that same like stress. And the worst thing you got out of it is, okay, now I cut down like my monthly expenses by 300 a month right. so I can save up whether that's to go do a trip, whether that's for if I decide I need to leave again and have some extra saved up. Right. Uh, and it's to say that like every action that we take leads us towards somewhere so if you feel like you're just lost and have no idea where to search then i would just tell you like that's okay if you're lost like first start by trying to just come to your sense of self and who you are and then as you start to identify with how you feel more then continue taking those actions that you can each day to get you there like so i use yoga just as my tool of like remembering to take action for my body and my physical self but also as a reminder to like take those actions in any other area i need in life and that there's action in an action sometimes we're moving too fast and what we need is to like take a break just slow down but yeah but if we take a break that doesn't mean that we just like completely shut off and like uh like uh yeah just go mia for a few weeks we're present within those moments of rest and relaxation 
relaxation too. So we like appreciate that and can draw on all that experience. So to anyone out there, like just whatever you ultimately want to go after and do in life, if you start just by trying to take actions to help get you there, You'll feel progress from there. And if you're willing to just embrace the process, really embrace the idea of like everything that I do rather than focus on the immediate result of what happens, just know that like all these actions go towards a guided place of our future and our destiny. Like that's ultimately where we want to end up. Uh, So... Yeah, to anyone out there, just do your thing, take mindful actions, and don't allow anyone else to necessarily shape your destiny for you. Just find ways to take what you can do, and hopefully you'll start finding... uh, Those successes that... Yeah, whatever whatever you want to change, you are totally capable of doing it, and wherever you are on your path, you are on a perfectly okay path, because that's where your life has brought you to, that's where you are now... There's no, there's nothing wrong in denying if like, yeah, on the beginning of this weight loss path, probably no one, including me, thought that I could be like a yoga instructor or be like this much more slim than where I was. Well, and that was, that was what was crazy for me was seeing that like hadn't talked to you in, in so long and then seeing like that physical transformation that you're doing yoga and stuff. I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. But if like... If I had gone after this in the mindset of like, I just going in with like, I only want to teach yoga and have like a super sick bod while I do. Right. I wouldn't have nearly have had the same level of success because I would have been so attached or like caught up in like the misery or each little juncture, like, uh, yeah, like adversity that happens along the path. Instead, it's no, now we are to, or yeah, now we're all on the same page. All right. Cool. So go ahead and thank you very much for that that in-depth answer. And, you know, and again, like I wanted to get that perspective, someone that went through it, that's that's still going through it and then and is finding themselves. That's a, that's a powerful thing to go through. And, you know, to have the, the courage to, to, to have that look inside and, and make those changes is, I commend you. And uh, for, for you, for Rusty, if uh, Rusty Yoga, anyone wants to... To do any rusty uh, yoga classes? Where how do they get a hold of you? Yep. So there's a few different spots. Uh, one is like my main website is called rustayoga.wordpress.com. So that's R-U-S-T-A-Y-O-G-A dot wordpress.com. Instagram and Facebook is at rustayoga. That's where and my website has all of the classes and events. So three different places right now. The Sports Club Novi on Thursdays. There's the Vibe Ride Studio downtown in Detroit, and there's the Bull YMCA downtown. Okay. have weekend classes going on there, and the Vibe Ride is about to get drum yasa. So if you're looking like, uh, if only there was a class that combined drumming and yoga together. Spoiler alert, I looked online. I have found zero in the world. So, bringing, so you're starting it? Yep. So All bringing right. drumming yoga to you here in Detroit. So if you're ready for a new experience, even if you wow. haven't yoga or drum before, 
before. This is going to be a wild-ass time, so I think you're all going to be in for a treat there. Otherwise, uh, BAM stuff, yeah, I'm in Treblaw. I'm also in another metal band called uh, Partisan, and we. I'm looking to get more musical gigs going out there soon because we want to bring things like live music, yoga, and other cool events to the or yeah to everyone out there especially in the metro area so easiest way just stay online on rustayoga.wordpress.com stay in tune with all my events and make it out to some classes it's one thing to say like uh, yeah let's go to a class when you experience yoga or experience stuff in the real world there is no experience <laughs> like it and i promise when you come for yoga if you try it the first time if you do it with open mind and are willing to just be open to that experience you'll feel that difference you'll come back for more and damn is it contagious as i can tell you firsthand awesome well thank you very much rusty i appreciate you coming on the get up and uh and sharing your story of personal transformation and obviously how yoga has had made has made such a huge impact on your life uh, again check out rusty at all of his uh his spots that he just listed off uh instagram facebook uh his wordpress site and again thank you very much for listening to another episode of the get up thanks for listening to the get up make sure to check out the for more information on this episode's guests while you're there check out other episodes leave a comment or if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode shoot an email to contact at the don't forget to follow, like, and share on Facebook at The Get Up Show Podcast. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Get Up Show and subscribe to The Get Up YouTube channel. The Get Up is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts.